0: Hello Chomp Nation and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Soar Chomp. It's a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will find yourself peering out the window one early Saturday morning as you witness the sky becoming brighter and brighter. The sun is rising and you've woken up a few minutes before the alarm is due to go off. The blues and the yellows stacked together. You clutch a blanket from your bed, keeping it wrapped around your body as you feel chilly. You hear your stomach grumble, alerting you that it's almost time to give it some sustenance. You witness a few birds flit by your window as they chirp, alerting their friends that it's time to fly to a warmer climate. You smile as you move away from the window, shuffling your feet as you yawn. You plod into your kitchen, and you turn on your coffee maker. Your weary muscles ache as they raise your arm to grab a coffee mug from one of your cabinets. Staring off into the distance while you wait for your coffee to be finished, you consider the tasks you plan to finish that day. You're startled out of your daydreaming and day planning as your alarm goes off. You hear voices, and you immediately focus on them. Hello, Chomp Nation, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of... You hurriedly shut your alarm off and toss your phone onto the table. Not those cunts again! I really need to change my alarm! We have a fun show lined up for you this week as we discuss music that we associate with gaming. In the past, I would often listen to music outside of games OSTs, and some of those have invariably become the official, unofficial, excuse me, the unofficial soundtracks. I was curious if others do that as well. So we are going to be discussing that today. A shorter and light topic is what we need because the boys got themselves into a whole host of indie games and one big name title. Today's game discussion is going to involve Mario Party Superstars. Inscription, some brief Tales of a rise talk, Happy Game, which is actually title misleading, Subway Midnight, Unpacking, Behind the Frame, and Elec Head. Whew. And let me tell you, if that's not enough for you, well, we also have our social media polls this week voted on by you. The listener. And some of those polls involve Pack South, Darkest Dungeon 2, The Bloodborne D-Master yet again, because I don't shut the fuck up about it. unsighted Uh Metroidvania game by the way. When you are feeling a game and when you are feeling angry at a game, what you do if you start to get too pissed off. Easter eggs and the last duel. We have a lot to get to today, so let's not waste any time. Let's introduce you to the crew who will be joining me for today's episode. Let's introduce you to the editor himself, the man who never sleeps. He manages to play so many games, yet he still can't seem to find time to start the Saga Frontier Remastered. Jokes aside, he is as prolific as Paris Hilton and her porn career. Bringing it back to the 2000s for none other than Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing a okay. Um, man, played some cool fucking games this week. I gotta tell you, um, I am. I can't wait to talk about inscription with Josh because it's the most exciting thing to talk about, and it's gonna be in insanely difficult to talk about. (laughs) Uh
0: But, one thing you can talk about is getting stuffed like Paris Hilton, correct?
2: Hold on. No, I don't. Why would he ask about that?
1: Uh, No comment at this time.
0: Okay, okay. Well, thank you for at least commenting that you can't comment.
1: My attorney, Artie
0: Lemming, says I shouldn't say anything. Yeah. What about... (laughs) never mind i almost made a really bad joke i'm also (laughs) thank you for being here rich i'm also joined by the man whose entire existence is to complain about all of the games he's not playing while simultaneously having played more games in one year than you personally have in 10 the audio engineer that everyone covets but doesn't have enough bourbon to pay him with is josh Fowler. josh how you doing buddy
3: Pretty good, pretty good. Finally, got back to gaming this week after all of last week just fucking sucking it. Um, mm. I
1: had a great time. Oh, tell me more,
3: <laughs> um, Josh.
1: Do you keep a accounting list of of how many games you have played this year? Because I was recently <laughs> tallying mine up. Um, I, I don't have <laughs> it. I don't have it numbered offhand, but uh, I'm at sixty-two. <laughs> I think
3: last I checked, <laughs> I was at 81.
0: Jesus, fuck!
3: Like, not finished. <laughs>
0: I, not finished. Let me, let me check uh, finished games. Rich, I thought you were going to ask, Josh, do you keep a tally of how many dicks you've sucked?
1: <laughs> 32 dicks? <laughs> this year in counting. Try not to suck any dicks on your way back to the
0: parking lot. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a lot of games. I, like, that's a lot of dicks. Well, that too. But you know what? I don't judge about the dicks. I judge more about the games because yeah, I'm at, uh, I'm at 62. Um, that's a lot, guys. That's a lot. I don't lot know of, how you guys. There's have a lot of games.
1: Of I don't sleep and I neglect my personal relationships.
0: Yep. Um, I, I have, have
1: to. I actually talk my way out of having to be the one to drive tomorrow when I go up to Westchester so I could play Switch in the back seat the
0: entire time. Smart, smart. Uh, the games I it's finished like this year have only been 67. 23. Hey, excuse me. Sorry, I, I was counting. He he asked, so
3: I was counting. I had to check some tally marks there.
0: Excuse me, let me talk about my meager number. And <laughs> let me I talk make about way my penis.
3: Vast number. Thank was, you very much. I was much. hoping to distract people from that because like, I knew it was coming, and <laughs> it's disappointing. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what? This is the most games I've played in one year. You guys should be proud of me. I am proud of you. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, not played, completed. I should say I have played more than twenty three, but I've completed twenty three this year. All right. Yeah, but Decent. I'm really happy. But anyways, yeah. sorry. Let me roll out the red carpet for Josh. How many have you completed this year? 67 currently. I've got a bunch oh. that I'm close
3: to. Oh,
0: like I said, Rich, you have the chance to catch up, buddy. You're five behind. I, in striking distance.
1: Dude, You know, you know, like sometimes number two is pretty
0: good. Sometimes it's a pretty good spot to be at. Mm-hmm. I took a great number two this morning, and it felt pretty great.
1: Unless I can count, um, stuff we're doing for chomping at the bits. Like, can I count? Can I count playing Castlevania Bay Symphony of the Night again? I mean, if you yeah. beat it, why not? I did. Why not? Yeah, I beat the reverse castle and everything.
3: Yeah, like I generally only count stuff that I, like, I'll count stuff from other years, but generally only is my first time that I've beaten it is kind of. So I played Street, I Fighter
1: yeah. Street Fighter and Street Fighter Two. Then that's oh, that
0: counts. Yeah. Yeah, well, I will say this: I definitely played some games this year that were not from this year, and I beat them for the first time, like the Final Fantasy VIII Remaster or the Messenger. Yeah, or that's a good game. That is a great game. I actually kind of want to play it again. I it feels like a lifetime it. ago that I played that game too. It's weird. Yeah, Dude, it you're does. telling me the stuff from you're the beginning of this me. year feels so long ago
1: i still when i was going through game of the year stuff and we have, we've had these conversations privately like, it still feels insane to me that like cyber shadow was this year that feels mm-hmm. like four or five years ago at this point feel like a yep. different fucking world
0: mm-hmm. yep 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 but i'm shay i'm here from japan we're gonna get right into the topic let's not waste any time because you know what talking about game of the stuff the game of the year stuff is like music to my ears, especially when it's relaxed and fun. Really? And, it makes me want to puke. <laughs> well, not any mm-hmm. um and speaking of music, I want to talk about a topic that, you know, I've kind of hinted at a lot in the past and I've joked around about a lot in the past and I think it's finally time to talk about it. Um I kind of want to give you guys a little bit of backstory so you guys kind of understand where I'm coming from. I used to watch my father Play video games a lot when I was five, six, seven, even younger than that as well. But I don't really have memories of that. Um, we used to live on base housing because he he is a retired military personnel, twenty four years in the military, and he um, he liked video games. He's the one who got me into video games. there's no surprise to that. If you've listened to the Evoking the Sublime episode where I talk with my father about him getting me into video games and stuff like that, you kind of know that about me at this point. And I would watch him play a lot of Sega Genesis games. There's one in particular I remember him playing a lot, and it was called Might and, Might and Magic Gates to Another World. I believe it's Might and Magic 2. Um, I believe that, that is up. too. I'm going to look that up to be 100% sure. Yeah, it's Might and Magic 2 Gates to Another World. And basically this game was a, con- a video game co- or console version of D&D. Where you literally roll for your character's stats, you choose what those numbers go into and everything, and you pick what type of character it's going to be—an elf, uh, or like what race and what type of character it's going to be—and you go from or class. Sorry, for the purists out there, don't don't kill me. And then you go from there, and you just basically you have no directive on what to do. It is literally a D and D campaign, and um. It has some good music, but it had some very like generic for its time music. It's like it's good, but it's that 16-bit retro bit music essentially. And there were times where he would just put the music on at the time in the stereo and listen to it while he was playing. So whenever I see a a screenshot of that game or I think about that game, I don't think about the music that the game actually had. I think about Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. I think about Matchbox 20s. I don't even remember the name of that album that really put them on the map. I think that was their debut album, actually. But I, I know I'm really dating myself here with, with uh <laughs> talking about these albums, but those are the albums I think about when I think about that game. Or more recently when I think about um Into the Breach. I don't think about the soundtrack for that game, which is a good soundtrack, I've heard it. I think about an album from an artist named Nick Johnston, which is a prog, rock and prog metal guitar player. So there have been a lot of times where I think about music from artists instead of the actual in-game music. Because even like with something like the Switch, sometimes you're playing it on the go. And now that they have Bluetooth support, it's easier to listen to the music. But in the past, you couldn't do that until this year for some reason, four years into its lifespan. So anyways, so I, I wanted to talk about this. It's a lighter topic. It's not going to be a very long topic, but I think it's something that's really fun and interesting and m- m- it kind of goes into maybe a, the psychological aspect of why we do this. So um, I'm going to throw it to you first, Rich. Uh, do you sure. sometimes listen to other music while you're playing a game?
1: um not so much anymore uh i think there there was an era where this was a thing for me and it was kind of like um high school into college uh and one specific memory i always have is i think about the 360 era when it comes to this and i think Mm. about it because it had that and this even original xbox too it had it was that moment in time where you could like store soundtracks on your console and just have them playing in the background while you're you're playing games. So I specifically remember is Gears of War, or Gears of War 2. I remember a co-op run of that with a friend of mine where we were just listening to Avenged Sevenfold City of Evil <laughs>
2: instead of the Gears such of War a good soundtrack.
1: Good such a good and
0: it, it just like it's like this works. This fits the aesthetic here. This is fine. Yeah, I, I mean that that was such a cool era too where you you have your albums and you just put them on your console and then you get to play those albums. It was just cool. Like technologically at the time that was something that was unheard of. Like you could play your CDs on your console at the time, but to actually quote unquote burn them onto your console and then be able to play that simultaneously while you're playing the music. Like I remember I was really big into Demon Hunter during high school and I would be playing the the original Halo game and listening to a lot of Demon Hunter at the time. So that was a big thing for me too. Yeah. I, I Completely forgot about that until you mentioned that, Rich.
1: Yeah, I've that because of that. That is the era of gaming that I really associate this idea with. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Josh? It's funny. I
3: associate that with the '90s more because I was a PC kid. So as soon as you same
1: same principle, yeah, yeah.
3: Like as soon as you got to that point where CD players were standard on a computer, you just pop in whatever and you can play that while you're playing a game. Which which also A lot of those early PC games didn't have a lot of music in them anyway to be replacing. It was just, you know, they'd have an opening theme, and then there just wouldn't be music for a lot of those old games. Um, So yeah, I I remember playing a bunch of, uh, variety of games, but, uh, uh... Oh, fuck I can't even remember what it was called it was like a side-scrolling war game like a like a side-scrolling tactics game like like I've not heard anyone reference this, Pepsi man it, it, like it was it was almost it was almost like a single lane control thing where you're you know sending picking which units to send out as you know the enemy is sending units back towards you and I'm no idea what it's called. No idea. I've never thought about it since then. Is anyway, um, but yeah, listening to a ton of alt rock and and playing that those war games, which is r- really ironic at the time. But you know, that's that's about like yeah. every every white boy listening to alt rock at the time, um, who had no idea what the fuck they were listening to. Um, Cause
0: I'm one step closer to the edge,
3: and mm-hmm. I'm about to
2: break.
0: Yeah. <sighs> hey. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Chester's a legend. Rest in peace. Yeah, also
3: it wasn't really the nineties so much, but anyway.
0: It was in ninety-nine. Was it?
1: I feel yeah. like that's two thousand and one. No, ninety nine. Uh no, no, I believe you. I, I believe you. I just for some reason like I two thousand one sticks out in my head there. I wanna
0: believe me. I don't believe myself I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> well, I believe you more than I believe me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 99, but anyway, sorry, continue. It sounds
3: like it'd be later than that because it's 2000, damn it. Yeah. I was about to say, because it was on literally every video game and anime video that got put on a YouTube for the first four five years. And it seems like that would have been played out if it was released earlier than that.
0: It was recorded in '99, and that's what ah, I got confused about. It was okay. released in 2000. I apologize. So then, what 90, '90s? <laughs> so Deftones. Apology accepted. Yeah, yeah Deftones. Mm-hmm. Deftones are still good. Hell I was probably yeah. listening to
3: a lot. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of alt rock, a lot of ska, also because of cause of the time.
1: You were listening to real big oh, fish. Yep, and playing mighty, mighty Boss Tones and playing mm-hmm. Ape Escape.
3: Yep, playing my playing my PC games listening to ska
1: (laughs) wondering why i wasn't getting a date
0: (laughs) like ska like it's such a pain in the. put my fedora
1: down in frustration Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) that would be such a pain in the ass to try and figure out the orientation of a ska band on a tiny stage because you know you have a bunch of horn players
1: where do the six trombone players go
0: right but man there's nothing like seeing ska live it's so much fun
1: Ska's yeah, ska's a fun music. I think that's a good way to describe ska. Skaz
3: mm-hmm. ska died way too fast. Like it died faster than disco died, which is well impressive.
1: But honestly. also ska just kinda like gentrified into like a subsection of punk and stuck around in its own ways. Because no. like, to be fair, maybe disco is the only other comp comparable music, but like ska's fun, but at the same time it's one of those few music types where like ska's going on for a while and you're like, alright, that's enough. Yeah. We've had our fill you know, of ska, an, thank an, you.
3: An album is a lot of ska.
1: Twelve tracks of ska? What the yeah, fuck am I supposed to like, do with this?
3: Exactly, exactly. That's always kind of the issue. Like most, most music, I prefer listening to the album over single tracks. Not so with ska.
1: It's no, music made it's exclusively ska. for high you, skateboarders. You, you,
3: just, you don't need to experience the tracks in the intended order, you know, mm-hmm. that they were really you know, trying to go for this whole oeuvre of, of of how how the
1: album comes together. I'm gonna make you a mixtape that's mostly orchestral with like a ska song thrown in every, <laughs> every like five or so tracks just to catch you off guard. It's like,
0: oh. oh that's nice I gotta be honest with you guys, I've never listened to a ska album from front to back.
1: No one never has. Not even people in Scotland. Not bands. even
0: the people who recorded them. Yeah. No, so a like, lot of people
1: I'll don't do know one song this. A day. Just just for, actually... for their own
3: safety. They have to split it up into three-track intervals, and so no one's ever heard the thing all the way through. They just had not to... Even,
1: not even at concerts. A lot of people don't know this. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones is actually like 80 guys, and they just tag out every two tracks. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: They sell so many be. concessions at those concerts they, just because the audience <laughs> has to leave at some point.
1: They can't take it. They, they will die. Mm-hmm. The Mighty <laughs> like Mighty the, Boss
0: Tones are made up of like <laughs> twins and triplets and quadru- quadruplets. Quadruplets, yeah. Quadruplets. Mm-hmm. Quadruplets. 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 That, that's the, the word. Those are words. The, the bouncer, no, the, the guy's each. No, the quadruplets that way, it does, you really can't tell when they sub those people out. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, he just went off stage to get some water. <laughs>
1: The usher comes down if you're there for like more than four tracks, and he's like, "Seriously, dude, yeah. you need to like yeah, go get a pretzel yeah, no, they or don't something." Have, they don't have the
3: roadies, you know, bring in a new guitar. They have the roadies bring in, bring the
1: guitar, a new player every few minutes. <laughs> There's a big hum- human-shaped like trombone cases.
3: Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> just opens one up and hands it. They're to
1: not. Him. They're not. <laughs>
3: Alright, ba- back on
1: track. They're yeah. not we really got this. They're not idea. people. They're like homunculi. They're ska homunculi.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, that's fair. I when I think back to that area, era, like early two thousands, Grand Theft Auto 3 is one of the big ones for me. Like it it had some good tracks at the time, but this is back when I was discovering rap. Mm. The the big thug that I was. You know, Ew. in the streets of Montana, where also things were really tough. It, it's and, interesting um, you bring up the GTA yeah.
1: 3 thing, because, like, there was not a ton of music in that, but, like, the whole licensed music, like, organically worked into a game thing was a pretty new idea at the time. Yeah,
0: it was dope. It, it yeah. was really cool at the time, but I was into Ludacris's word of mouth album, so I was driving around the streets, literally mouthing move bitch as i'm driving in the move car and i felt bitch. like a badass mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah Which i think shows there's me a good exactly chance that white i really am but that
0: 90% sure are,
3: buddy. 90% of gta 3 players only ever listen to that album while 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 playing that game just just for that song the
1: numbers
0: don't lie mhm i do love that album still to this day i heard it like a few months ago no and i thought to myself this is still a pretty good album.
1: It's a good album. No yeah. one's there to deny that. We gave Ludacris' due here.
0: <laughs> yes, we did. But what about more recently? Is that something that you guys still do or not as much?
1: I think almost never, with the exception of, like, if I'm playing, like, Tetris or something. Or yeah, puzzle Like, games. when I was playing the, the Burnout remaster. like, And I think a big part of that is, one, even at that age, but more so as I got older, my pure appreciation for video game music like skyrocketed and also like if i'm looking at something we're going to talk about on the show or i'm going to review like music is a factor for me i like to be fully immersed in everything the game is doing and music in modern games even in stuff that is more retro feeling like music is such a big part of every facet now i feel like pretty much no matter what
0: you're playing yeah and Mm -hmm. that's fair that's fair i for me when i would play my switch on the train. I haven't been doing it as much recently. I would definitely listen to a lot of music because, like I said, kind of in the preamble, they haven't introduced Bluetooth technology and in, in, or they haven't turned on the quote unquote switch for the switch to use Bluetooth technology until recently. So I couldn't really pair my headphones recently for whatever reason. But you can <laughs> and now, and it's terrible. Is Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> Fracking, Ooh, fucking! I don't
1: want to plug into the jack. That's too much for me.
0: <laughs> That's the exact voice I had too. Okay. No, but um. Anyway, so I would listen to a lot of music on the train while I'm playing the Switch. But not only that, I feel like a lot of other things vie for your time now as well. You can listen to podcasts, and sometimes I use while I'm gaming and doing grinding to listen to podcasts or watch. I do YouTube that as well. Videos
1: that's something I'm probably more prone to do than listen to me. Like if I'm playing a a dense RPG and I know like the next hour is just going to be me like killing wolves in a field, I'll throw on a podcast or I'll throw a a show or a YouTube video on my second monitor or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because it kind of goes into a deeper subject in some ways of what game, like what gaming has become for us. You know, I think about, and obviously I think about it with my students too. We're being inundated with all of this this knowledge our brains are being shaped and molded when we're younger when we're in junior high school high school so we're spending most of our day just getting information thrown at us and thrown at us and it's like for for some people there are different ways to escape whether it's like playing basketball whether it's uh getting into debate whatever the case may be for some people like me when i was younger it was video games that was a way to just kind of like not have to quote unquote learn and just to relax and get get to shut my mind off for a few hours. And video game er, while video gaming, music was a great way to also just, you know, enjoy and feel instead of think. But now, as we are getting older, and we have a ton more responsibilities, that when we're gaming, I don't know about you guys, but there are a lot of times where I'm like, shit, I could be getting other shit done right now. I could be doing other responsibilities. I could be learning. I could be doing all these things. So while I'm gaming, sometimes I'm listening to podcasts because, or listening to instructional or informative YouTube videos and tutorials because it's like, hey, I could be doing two things at once. I could be <laughs> relaxing <laughs> while also learning. And it's, it's kind of a indicative of what adulthood is. It makes is the relaxing kind of the so
3: much more relaxing.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think that's kind of where, where I'm at in my, my life now is like, yeah, I, I love to be relaxing, and there's uh, relax, and There's something said that can be said for just existing and not necessarily doing two things at once. But sometimes I'm like, well, if I'm doing this smaller thing, like just grinding away, why not get some information into my mind? Why can't I be
1: masturbating and cooking breakfast?
0: Because then the hot oil from the bacon grease burns my cockroach.
1: What if I'm into that?
0: You know, more power to you.:
1: Sorry, uh, uh, that, was, that wasn't me. That was a stranger.
0: Yeah, I was going to say those, those grease burns really speak to why you're not doing porn anymore.: I'd like to move on. <laughs> Thanks for call, invariably calling <laughs> back the joke from the beginning of the show. Mitch. Woo. But I don't, like, is, do you guys kind of feel the same way like you used to like even if you're more or less just kind of enjoying the soundtracks, because I think soundtracks have gotten a lot better and more varied as well which is a reason why I think I listen to music less uh, outside music less but I don't even
1: know if I'm I'm prone to say like they've got I think the consistency with which they are good has gotten more prominent like yeah the fucking Apescape Apescape soundtrack is still in like my regular playlist Krabby Beach comes on I'm ready to fuck it that shit slaps
3: yeah I think I'm sure there are still plenty of games with terrible soundtracks but we're not Playing them,
1: we're not talking about those games. Yeah, I feel like no one's. Just, yeah.
3: I don't know. It was way easier to just get a hold of a complete turd of a game back in the day because there were way. Now you can spot them from more the games. Like well, you just the go into a store and statistically, ninety percent of them are trash.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like it's there's so many more like shovelware shit games out there now, but it's. In a sense, easier to parse through them because yeah. you, you can like identify it at a glance. And be like, "That's dog shit." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like I think part of that too would be like the technology has caught up now, where it's incredibly pre- impressive. And I don't want to take anything away from composers back in the day for some of the the earlier consoles because a lot of that music is phenomenal still, and a lot of it harkens back to a different era, and it's impressive with what they were able to do given the technological constraints. However, you can make that music now, and you can make all other kinds of music because the technology is so far advanced from 30 years ago. So I think the consistency to which you're going to get a good soundtrack is much better. And I think that also... What also kind of speaks to that is, um, you know, we here personally at Sore Chomp, we turned like some of our categories for our game of the year stuff. We used to have like one or two musical categories. Now we have an entire show dedicated to music of the year because music and soundtracks and gaming have gotten so much better and so much more and just audio and sound technology and production in general have gotten so much better so yeah i definitely listen to music outside music a lot less now personally
1: yeah i think that's i i same thing like i was saying earlier like and the tools like you were saying to make a solid soundtrack and the ease with which you can put it in a game are way way more impressive nowadays but at the same time like some of my favorite soundtracks of all time Arguing back to like how weirdly limited they were, like I was thinking yeah. about this today, and this is has to do with some stuff I'm planning for down like way down the road. So I, I shouldn't even have said that because it's so far away from happening for chomping at the bits. But I was thinking about the fucking <laughs> Luigi's Mansion soundtrack, the original one. Oh, that game has yeah. like four tracks. They're all amazing. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with like the level of ambiance, like little details. Like there's barely any music at points, and Luigi just starts humming along with it. And yeah. the speed at which he hums it and the parts of the song he hums have to do with like whether there's enemies in the room or not. And what's happening in the mansion. Like, I'll just be sitting around to this day and I'll just be like humming the like hmm. Hmm. <laughs> like
0: it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool to like hear and see that and like one of the things that is kind of interesting about this topic that I discovered not only from this conversation but kind of thinking about it early on is when I was younger I looked kind of for outside music to supplement the experience I was having on the screen to kind of optimize it. Sure. You, you know, music I think when music is created for a game they're looking to kind of accentuate or bring out what's happening on the screen, obviously. Not saying anything profound there. And I would hear different music, so the music I was listening to at the time, for me, would complement what was going on the screen more closely to how I felt. But nowadays, it's like, it's kind of, the role is reversed, where I listen to some of that gaming music in my daily life to complement what's actually happening in my day to day you know there are, there are soundtracks that I, to games i haven't yeah. even played that i really enjoy the soundtrack and it comes from a video game and i love it and it complements what i'm doing in the day so well um i really yeah. like in the past few years i love i've loved the grindstone soundtracks never played the game i love the creek soundtrack never played the game Sayonara wi- wild hearts love that soundtrack never played the game yes, if you listen to I it to you've kind of played it i know i need to play it <laughs> But like
3: it's just kind of cool you'd, you'd, how the Cyanara the- Wild Hearts is the one that I'm gonna say yeah,
1: well that increases. It's too. just an it's just an interactive album that game. Like- well, <laughs> all right, two different reasons
3: you should play both those games. Cyanara Wild Hearts, they it's mixed to leave room for all the sound effects in the game that are on the beat. Uh, so it's it's still great, but there's room in the mix where that they leave intentionally. It's like you're open. DJing it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like it's intentionally left open um for for all the gameplay that's going on. And the Creeks one uh is I like I need to see an interview with them again like as I I I know I'm going to say this wrong, but they had some sort of AI system to put stuff together. Like more so than a lot of games that have dynamic soundtracks that'll have things fade in and out. Like it was picking different beats. Um, not beats in the musical sense, but like beats in like the um you know like story beats type thing like okay, this thing's gonna happen now, so we need we need something that kind of is gonna fit that mood, so you'll have different chunks um in it so it, it it like it really um it's much more dynamic like uh thematically to what you're playing um like changing tempos and stuff it's it's really cool, um
0: yeah, yeah, I mean. Those games are still on my list of games I eventually want to get around to playing and a big part of that is to do has to do with the soundtracks. Um it's just kind of fascinating to me that that's that's kind of the role reversal of music and how it's yeah. played into video gaming or beyond that, so.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, um, I've absolutely had like gotten a soundtrack for something because it was so good and that it eventually, you know, convinces me to buy the game. Um
1: I, it feels like a million years ago so I can't remember what year I was playing this game but um coffee talk uh like barista simulator game I bought the soundtrack for that just on Steam because sometimes when I'm like writing or editing like I can just throw that on in the background and it's just it's just fucking vibes it's it's so like lo-fi hip hop shit like I just I, I eat that up and it sets mm-hmm. the mood for a game like that so well
0: yeah Yeah, so, I mean, I would say I don't really do it much anymore because there's not much reason to in terms of music, but I still listen to podcasts sometimes, and I still listen to slash watch YouTube videos if I'm doing some more mundane stuff in video games.
1: And that's less about, uh, and I do this, I think we most of us probably do that, that's less about like, the game needs more, it's more like, I'm not going to have time to do this other thing unless I do it while I'm playing this. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, especially with like, like Rich was saying, either grindy stuff or... Optional content or whatever, like anytime I know story stuff's not going to happen, I'll, I'll put something else on as well. So, if like we kinda, if a cutscene
1: pops up too, like I immediately go pause the other thing because I'm like, all yes. right, full immersion in here, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. But, like, I even even then that kind of talks about a different subject, but um, I want to talk about that with Tales of Verizon actually a little bit later today, but it's something that, yeah, I don't, i I kind of hate that I do that sometimes now like I sometimes like it because I'm like okay I'm getting more information and being able to knock out two two things at once but sometimes it really takes me out of the immersion which is partly what I want to be doing in something like an RPG like I'm sitting there kind of just grinding out, doing stuff and listening to something on the side. And all of a sudden a, an important cutscene scene comes up. I'm like, well, fuck. All right, hold on. Let me pause the cutscene. Let me pause whatever I'm listening to. Let me take my headphones out. Okay. Let me listen now to the cutscene. And it's a little bit distracting sometimes, but, um, yeah. And that's not like a big deal or anything like that. I'm just bitching a bitch, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, I would just say in essence that it was something that I think was much more prominent when I was younger. Listening to music while gaming, and I still do it from time to time, but not nearly as much, and it's almost next to never
1: yeah yeah i I think I'm kind of on the same wavelength there yeah the the need for that like supplementing of the game itself isn't so much a thing anymore, and I think no even, even games that don't have much of a soundtrack like typically that's like a per like at this point in in game
0: production, typically that's a choice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and sometimes it, it can be to its benefit, too, because, like, certain games, <laughs> I'll t- I'll tell you guys why I'm laughing during the break, but um, certain games, like, don't need as much music or don't need an overwhelming soundtrack because everything that's happening on the screen is already overwhelming. Do you want to overwhelm all of your senses at once or do you want yeah. Perce- yeah, exactly. to be overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. I'll talk
1: about this a little more when we actually get to games, but like a good example of that is Subway Midnight, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later. And what I mean by that is like evoking a feeling through sound and not just music. It's definitely just a pure recording of that actual sound, but I've never felt more like, yes, this is a thing I know and I know well, just the rattle of the train going through the tunnel in that game that's kind of constant is like evoking of that silent subway car at one o'clock in the morning that I have experienced way too many times in my life.
0: Mm. Mm. Right.
1: Josh, you said do you wanted to mention Jet before we oh, get off yeah, the subject. Oh, yeah, it's kind
3: of a, this, but in a different direction. Uh, near the end of that game, a song comes on, and it's a remix from a song from another game. And I've hmm. never experienced that before. That was a new one, yeah. Where a game, like, games have used licensed music for forever. Just, but like, not from
1: other games. But
3: not from other <laughs> games. And it was the strangest thing when it came on because I was like kind of looking like did, did someone accidentally, you know, turn something on Sample. on my computer or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what's, what's going on here? And then I realized, oh, this mix isn't the same. Like it's, it's a new mix. Um, it's actually from Disasterpiece and then the he helped remix it with Solar Fields. So it's an amazing version of that song. Um, just great but it was it was jarring um kind of for some of the reasons we've talked about so far um about how like generally you know we're kind of we are (laughs) listening to the music in the games much more often now um and so when something kind of came from outside of the game it, it felt strange at first until I re- realized what was going on there. Um it was just anyway, a unique experience. It threw me off for a little bit just because I knew what it was. Um Yeah, that's jarring because you do not expect that. Yeah, and I again, most people aren't gonna know it. Well It's it a might. deep cut. It's it's a like it's I, I don't deep, think yeah, it's a deep it's I from wouldn't a fairly expect old anyone puzzle platforming indie game. So most people aren't going to know it, but if you do, it's it was a little bit strange hearing it come in. Um. Anyway.
0: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I forgot to post the topic to the Instagram, so we don't have any listener comments this week. And I figured because it is a smaller kind of more personal topic that, as I thought about it uh, yesterday before the show and I went to bed and everything. I was like, I don't think we really need listener comments this week just because it is kind of a really personal thing. Yeah. You a heard it first. Would have been Shay said he doesn't care what you think. The comments I feel like would have been kind of
3: yeah, kind of agree with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not something that we can really necessarily comment on, you yeah. know, their comments. Like the most is going to be, like, yeah, I really listened to this album back in the day and we could it's reminisce more, more, more about story. the
1: story like oriented which is like i told my gears of war story because that's like a a, that's like a core memory like that sticks out for me Mm -hmm. right
0: exactly so um we're gonna take a quick break uh much earlier than usual but we have a very lengthy game talk coming up so we will be right back and talk about our whole host of games see you in a few
1: x Extra! X-ray! Read all about it! New merch at store.swordchomp.com!
2: Huh?
3: You there, boy! What news?
1: News, sir! New graphic designs over at store.swordchomp.com!
3: New graphic designs at store.swordchomp.com? That's right, sir! My God!
1: You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases!
3: They've done it. Those SwordChomp boys have brought Christmas early.
1: Aye, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now!
3: God bless you, son.
1: God bless us, everyone!
0: Hey all, we're back from our little break. We're going to talk about some games now. Not that we weren't, but we're going to actually talk about some video games we played this week. Starting with Mario Party Superstars. The newest title from Nintendo that um, doubles as a great party game. Fancy that. Anyways, Rich has been playing that this week and he wants to tell you all about it. So Rich, take it away. Yeah, um,
1: I have a tumultuous history with Mario Party. But as Mario Party goes, I think this is the best you could have to offer. So what this game is, for people who don't know, it is a fully updated collection of classic boards and minigames from N64 and GameCube Mario Party's past. Sort of jumbled together with some new trappings, like the additions of characters like Rosalina who didn't exist in the past, uh, when those games came out. And the whole package, like, sixty dollars is seems like a big asking price, but if like if you are into Mario Party, this is kind of the one Um, for Nintendo standards, I think the online's really good. Haven't had much of a connectivity issue, and it's real easy to make a lobby. The people I've been playing with, and I've played like four full, you know, 30 turn rounds with a bunch of my friends, um, in the most New York fashion ever. I'm playing, obviously, Mario Party, a group of four. Two of those people are named Vinny. Um, it's the most New York thing I could do. But, uh, we're obviously chatting over Discord, because Nintendo's voice chat options are still fucking trash. But the game connects real well. We haven't had any problems there. And if you are nostalgic for those classic Mario Parties, I think this is a really good package. Because visually, it looks nice as hell. It has all the minigames you want. In your settings, you can go, like, really fuck with the minutiae of it. Like, you could be like, I only want GameCube minigames. I only want N64 minigames. I only want minigames from Mario Party 2 and 3. You can get real mm. weird with it in ways that are cool. Um, and they've kind of kind of picked and choose some of the best boards, like Peaches, Birthday Cake, Harland, just some of the ones that, that feel the nicest. And I think my biggest complaint about Super Mario Party, the original one for the Switch, is there's only like four boards and they all kind of suck. Yeah. They're all really unfun. Uh, so true. here they got to pick the best of the best as far as the boards go. And then there's a really weird social aspect of it that I kind of like you make a player card and you get experience and level up and unlock new stickers that you can spam when you're playing. Uh, the stickers are really weird. Cause it'll be like, everyone kind of has like an, Oh, reaction. So I just spend an hour spamming the Waluigi going, ah, because it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the choice thing we do as a group now is there's one sticker that just says congratulations, and it's a star. And whenever somebody's getting fucked over by Bowser, we just spam congratulations. Mm-hmm. You know, fun yep, stuff like that. Said. Uh you should. And also, when you finish a Mario Party game, it tells you how many times you sp- pop stickers. Uh, so that's become sort of a mini-competition to see who can pop over a thousand stickers in <laughs> the 20-turn game. But what I was talking about there with the, uh, the, the player cards is basically you have a level... Which unlocks more stickers as you play more games. And then on top of that, you can sort of like make it your own. Like you can put your favorite character and it'll appear as your like photo ID on it. Then you can be like, my favorite Mario Party is Mario Party 2, and it'll appear in the middle. And here's my six favorite mini games. Like it's not anything special, but it's a cute little level of personalization to have these little player IDs so that you can just, you know, say the things you like about the game and add a little flair to it. Yeah. I think Mario Party is a known quantity, but this is the first time I've been like, this is the, the cool Mario Party to have. Like, this is the really fun one, and having online connectivity from the go is the big sell there. So, you know, I've gotten together a couple nights with some friends over Discord, and we've just fired it up, sat down, done a quick, tiny turn game of Mario Party. It's tight. The online works without dropping, really. Uh, you can drop in, drop out at any time, so if you have to go do whatever, you could disconnect, a bot will take over. And then you can come back and jump in at any point. How good is the bot? Um, pretty, a- pretty average. I don't know if you can fuck with the bot's difficulty settings there, but um, friend of mine dropped out for, like, five or six turns and let a bot take over, and he still came in second. Okay. That's not bad. Not and bad so, at all. I mean, like, I think we all kind of know what Mario Party is. I just think this is a really nicely put-together package.
0: So it's probably just, like, It's not necessarily anything innovative that they're doing with this IP, but more or less just making it top of the line. It's an amalgam.
1: It's the best stuff from the series over the years with a lot of uh, really good quality of life improvements.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Hmm.
0: I do like Mario Party. I haven't had a lot of experience with it in the past, but what little experience I have had with it. It's a pretty fun game so that particular
1: era of it is really nostalgic for me like growing up with friends and cousins and my sister and stuff playing that game so it's it it strikes a certain chord
0: i think it's still a good thing too i know obviously we're quote-unquote coming out of this pandemic it's starting to look like things are finally getting under control in most of the world um i will say but i still think that there is a place for these games as people are starting to go hang out with each other more that games like this still have a place. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have some people around come Thanksgiving time, and we're, like, we've been playing a bunch online, but we're very much looking forward to picking up some beers and doing this in person when they come up. Cool.
0: Are Josh yeah. and I invited?
1: You're always invited. In fact, oh, okay. we need, to, you know, just, you know, get a quick flight from Japan, come through.
0: Okay. No problem. You're going to be really surprised if I actually show up.
1: How'd you get this address? <laughs> I
0: know everything. Cool. Mario Party Superstars. Um, Inscription is the next game that you guys want to talk about. And you guys have been talking about it a lot this week. So I'm curious. If we want to try. You, how, how do we do this?
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> you guys I mean, are being so dramatic about this. It's so weird, dude. It's I, like mean, we, if- I guess we talk about the first act and just kind of say it gets weirder from there. Yeah, I get, yeah, let's do that cuz
3: that's kind of what their own advertisements have done. They only like I was looking at them, they basically only show the first act. There are like a couple screenshots here and there of like the second act and like some of the can... pixel art stuff going on there, but sure. almost none of it. Almost I think none.
1: we can t- we can talk about that and we could talk about the FMV a little bit. Um yeah. So this is from Daniel Mullins the Pony Island guy if that is going to give anyone any sense mm-hmm. of how weird it is. Um Inscription is sort of a surrealist horror card game or at least that's what it presents itself to be. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes so much more than that as as it progresses, but the thing that's wild and this is what I was saying in our WhatsApp during the week is I think this is a game of the year contender for me right now. Oh and yeah. And I think even if it just did that thing, it would still be in my top 10. It would still be in my top 10.
3: Yeah. Um the first act is essentially you're playing ostensibly a roguelike card game where you know you're trying to get through a run without dying um with these card mechanics and it's got a pretty neat um like lane based card combat mechanic thing going on that's that's really solid on its own um But with a horror theme where instead of just playing this card game, you're playing this card game in a in a first person view from inside a character who is trapped in here with the person DMing the card game for you. Um, You're in
1: this. The the cabin keeper is really the only way they refer to him in the first act. Yeah. And you're free to get up from the table at any time and kind of look around the cabin Mm -hmm. and there's puzzles to solve that might add new cards to your deck. And you kind of have to crack a good number of them to move on from this first part to quote unquote, escape the cabin. Um, yes. Yeah. You have to set the stage to properly escape and then also win the roguelite part of it.
3: Yes. Um,
1: it's not, the most difficult cart well, I don't know about that or not well, like it's. it's the, I don't know that it's, it's I wouldn't think I don't think it's fair to say it's not difficult there's multiple ways to break it to make yourself a powerhouse, but that's yeah. clearly by design
3: yeah there, yeah exactly there's more than one way to find something that's ridiculously too strong but it's still on you to figure that out um, and
1: there's even items that you get that basically you could have a stack of three items as you progress that you can use to sort of weight in your favor. Like, there's some simple stuff, like, uh... (laughs) You win a round by tipping the scales, and the scales are weighted with teeth in Act 1 that you're putting on. One of the early items you get is a pair of pliers, and all it says for description is, tips the scales in your favor. And you literally pick it up and rip a tooth out of your mouth and put it on the scale. Yeah. And there's a much more twisted version of that a little bit later (laughs) into Act 1
3: that I won't spoil. Yes, there is. Um, It is just thematically, it is one of my favorite things, is having a DM just in the game explain what's happening because you're going through this thing. and it's, it's like almost every other roguelike card game where you are choosing out of like a couple options of paths which way you want to go, um, as you make your way through all these different fights and encounters but instead of just having them happen the guy who has trapped you there is your dm and he's explaining everything it's
1: and also like it, to that point he is like the dm is the best way to describe it because like you'll encounter a boss and he'll literally put on a mask and be like you yes. encounter the fisherman
3: <laughs> yeah yeah one of my favorites and it's just cuz it's so it's brilliant it's so funny um, the guy, you know, just, just for thematic reasons, he's kind of, you know, hidden in the shadows and you can only really see his glowing eyes, but you'll have these encounters in these caves or you meet, they never really explain what, but like some unknowable thing in a cave. But anyway, he puts down this little cave on the table and then just sticks his head down in it. So you can see his eyes glowing his eyes out, through out the of end. the mouth of the
1: cave. <laughs> it's, it's real good. Um, let's try to think of like other highlights in that first act, because the, the thing that's so crazy is. I would say there's three distinct acts and all least, of them are wildly different. Yeah, at least three. We're three in so far. Yeah, there's, there's always card games at the core of them, but what the card game is dramatically changes and new rules are introduced mm-hmm. and also to fit in like that sort of DM theme. Like in your first couple rounds, stuff will change all of a sudden. Like you'll draw a card with like a bone sigil on it and much like your friend teaching you a game, he'll be like, oh, I forgot to teach you about bones. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You, you can do this thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um. and then I, I think we i think the lucky carter is worth mentioning because that's been in some oh, of the yeah. marketing yeah they've shown that a little bit um, there's an fmv aspect to it uh with an actor who is playing a youtuber with like a card review channel yeah and this guy this guy's real now like the actor is the youtube channel is now officially real the lucky carter that, it's the strangest thing, and
3: kind of like, you may have gotten the idea of you're, you're playing this game, but it's inside another artifice. There's another level outside of that that kind of has to do with the Lucky Carter who is, um, you know, reviewed the actual card game um, inscription. like the, the Like the physical, kind of like, you know, kind of um actual cardboard cards game of inscription um and you get videos from him as well that like i I don't think we can go any deeper into that without
1: you know that pulls the curtain back too far but there's a layer of like augmented reality gaming to this and people pulling up ciphers in the real world yeah i i think so much of the fun of it is in the discovery but that wouldn't even be as much fun if the core mechanics at the end of everything are fucking fantastic. It's like, really the cards, solid. The card games are so fun to play. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep pulling back these layers where you're like, oh, I gotta keep going. I don't know what the fuck is happening here.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just the card game itself is solid enough. Like again, it we kind of mentioned it's, it's not, Like, a really super difficult balance thing. Like, you know, a lot of other card games like that, yet you're also meant to break them, but you're meant to break them to stand a chance. Whereas in this one, it's... You can break it in ways that you can become unstoppable. Yes, exactly. It's kind of, it's...
1: And it kind of ramps up in that way. Yeah, it
3: starts out where you're just at a huge disadvantage at the beginning. Like, it's, you are... If you're just doing normal strategies, kind of using cards, the way they're intended to be used for the most part, it's too hard. Like it's the game is not really built around you just doing that. But there are so many things you can do to just break them, and that that's kind of like every card game. That's that's Magic. That's Slay the Spire. That's that's all card games at this point. Um, But the swing from one end to the other is just massive massive um to the point where i've you know built a couple things that end up creating essentially infinite turns for myself where i can do yeah. literally anything on a given turn
1: i i think i, I was telling you before with josh like there's a point where and i think this is one of the few cards from the game that before you've even seen it you'll see the lucky carter call out in one of his videos as being a rarity like i had three mantis gods which is a card with low attack but attacks in three different directions on the board mm-hmm. so just slapping them down if the board's clear or has one or two enemy cards on it you could pretty much win in a round like it's it's ridiculous yeah but it's just i, I encourage anyone it's twenty dollars um i this is such a game of the year contender for me like this is going to come up later i i would encourage anyone who's hesitant to to take a look it's weird even if you don't like card games i feel like this is the kind of game that could change your perspective on that because it's just so fun and easy to pick up but there's also an insane amount of layers to it yeah like
3: i especially recommend it to anyone who's already a card game fan or already a horror fan
1: i love it because
3: like just the horror theming of that beginning is so so solid um
1: it's, it's so atmospheric and the funny thing to talk about that act changes if I had one complaint about like the act two it's that I think it's a little less atmospheric but then act three completely ramps it up in a totally different way in the same way act one did
2: yeah 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 Um,
1: we're gonna have to chopping after dark about this at some point somehow but I think I alluded I, I think it should be a script list chomping after dark where we just kind of be like this is fucking crazy right mm-hmm.
3: yeah yeah it's there's so many threads to pull at um in it it's it's really good it's really good
0: yeah okay yeah i to be honest with you i even though it sounds like a crazy and fun and interesting game and i from what i've read and what you guys have said it kind of subverts the typical tropes of the genre of card games i just I'm burnt out on card games, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it in like a year or two when I'm more apt to giving card games a try. But right now, oh, the
1: layers will be pulled back by then. Shade, the allure will be gone mm.
0: for you guys. For me, I'll be like, "Oh my god, you guys were right!" And I'll, you guys mm-hmm. are gonna be, like, "Yeah, get with the program, dickhead." But, we do um, always say that to you every day. <laughs> No, I just wanted to very briefly mention that I finally played some video games this week. <laughs> finally found some free time, Hooray! got caught up on some of my other Yay! stuff. I played some more Tales of Arise. Uh, not much more, to be honest with you. I, um, I had I finished. i getting this... back
1: to that as well soon. So I finished the second character.
0: area, and I finally made it to the third area. And so obviously, there's just a little bit of traversal, and the characters kind of talking about the world and what they're about to encounter next.
1: Oh, so it's a JRPG. Yeah.
0: Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I I wanted to be honest with my feelings about this, and I was wondering why I fell off the game and I and part of it obviously was because I was busy, but I was wondering I wasn't entirely looking forward to playing it again. Like I wasn't mm. as high on it as when I first started playing the game. And I've realized that um It's kind of become very regimented. Uh, That's probably not the right word either. Where basically I'm getting some story, killing some enemies, grinding up my level, getting the money and the experience point. Yes, like a JRPG. And then I'm going to do some of the more cool story stuff. And it just feels like I'm... The combat is not as complex is something like final fantasy 7 remake which came out last year which has a little bit more strategy involved this feels more like a button mashing action rpg there's not as much depth there and i initially praised the game for that because it's an easier entry level game to get into where some of the tales games they have a little bit more strategy involved with their action in terms of combat but i just at currently at the point in time right where I'm at, it feels just kind of button mashy. Stale or just it feels stale. It does feel a little stale right now, yeah, unfortunately. And from what I've read in some other mutuals, I know they said it does get to it does pick up a little bit later on, but kind of the middle of the game does go through a little bit of a lull. So I'm mentally prepared for that. I just it made sense when I started the game back up again this week, why I was feeling that way when I stopped it and why I started Mm -hmm. feeling that way again, when I picked it back up. Um, I've got, I've gotten to this new area now. It's the third major area where it's, I think this is where the demo took place because it's this very lush green area. Is it a modern major area? (laughs) That's the one. I can't tell. I'm pretty sure it's, if that's a reference, I know which one it is, but. Um, no, it's it's a beautiful area. The game's graphics are still holding up very well. It's very fun. the The enemies vary. That's the one positive thing I will say about the combat, and I like just in general, as the enemies definitely vary in their attacks, and this the kind of the way you have to approach them a little bit. But I don't really notice that much. I don't really consider their attacks that much because I'm more considering like my my systems like trying to get off my attacks and when it is that my my abilities recharge so i can spam them again so that's the unfortunate thing like they have these different enemies per area and they have these different attacks and you don't really feel like you appreciate that as much as you normally would because you're too busy trying to spam your own attacks um i don't and that's just how i feel i'm not necessarily saying that's how everyone's gonna feel. Or that's indicative of a problem with the game. Just that's what I've noted so far. Sometimes um, you can
1: be in the mood for a game like that, though. Like I, I think that has its its pros and its cons. Like I, I sometimes you're looking for a little more substance. Sometimes you just want to fucking lean back and watch the anime men slash their swords.
0: Yeah, that's true, and it's not necessarily bad. Like it, it yeah, you're right. It all depends on the mood that you're in. I, 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 I haven't been in the most positive and happy mindset this week. And so some of the stuff that I would find funny or ridiculous now I'm kind of finding I, I've been finding annoying the past few days like this is stupid it, the pontification <laughs> mm. of some of the more anime ridden scenes where like I think my dad would have liked this oh I think he would have too and it's like bro you didn't like that's your how, dad that's all how the way talk. up until the point to where something happened to your dad and now you're talking about your dad Sorry, that's a minor spoiler, (laughs) by the way.
1: My old man.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, the old pops would have... Bro, you didn't hang out with your old pops ever. But, no, it's still still enjoyable. I'm still enjoying it, and I'm still going to stick with it. But I am hitting a low right now. I'm going to
1: try and get back to it as well, so maybe we can have a little more discussion about that. It is is something I'd like to finish before we're talking about Game of the Year stuff. I don't necessarily know that it's going to hang with some of the cooler shit I've played this year, but I like the Tales series, and I was having fun with what I had played of it.
0: Yeah, the thing is, I want to see how, if it's possible, I want to finish it, because I I know it gets a lot cooler towards the end, and maybe you know our minds, yours and my minds, would be changed if we actually get around to finishing it. So
1: entirely possible entirely possible yeah but first we gimme 5
0: <laughs> yeah i i know you're probably very excited about that i was watching a video of um some gamer on youtube talking about that game and how much he's liking it so
3: i did not good. play
0: four i was just realizing
3: now that five is coming out i you got a few days man
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah. You, you got six days can you start right now
2: no are you sure? No, yeah. I don't feel like it. Just
1: play Strange Journey again. That's a good one.
3: Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm probably more inclined to do that actually.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I really want to say about Tales of Arise. I just wanted to mention that I actually got back to gaming this week finally. And <laughs> I played a video game. I played a fucking video game. It felt nice. <laughs> kind of like my break was nice, but it was also nice to be like, hey, I do play video games still. Uh, anyways, Josh. You mentioned this privately and um, whatnot after the show last week that you were playing a game called Happy Game, which you sent us a picture a day or two later, maybe even a few hours later. Time is interesting. But anyways, time is a flat circle. That said, Happy Game is, in fact, not a happy game. So I'm curious to hear about this game.
2: Uh, I'm... Happy game is uh,
3: a game, a sort of point and click narrative game. Not a lot of puzzles to it. There's there's some puzzles, some some sort of, um, you know, minor puzzle solving elements to it. But it's more mostly about kind of the atmosphere and and narrative of this uh, young kid having nightmares um that is shown in a like over-the-top dark and edgy like like happy tree friends early new grounds type dark and edgy um sort of an art style
1: sharpen your katanas boys
3: to it um That is not something I am into. Um, like that, just that just gets tiring for me. But um, the game is made by Amanita Games, who have done just a ton of the best uh, point and click stuff over the last couple decades. At this point, um, the the Samorost games and Creeks, actually that we were talking about earlier, um, and Machinarium. Um, so they, they they had a pedigree of, of it being the sort of thing that I would absolutely be into. Um, and so I thought, maybe there's going to be some sort of subversion of a lot of the aesthetic going on here or, or anything like that. Um, and so I ended up playing it uh end of October on stream for our couple couple days of horror stuff since we didn't do all all month this year um but played that on there, and it is it's just that early new grounds edgy is kinda what it ended up being, which hmm, was really disappointing to me um like i yeah, there's still people who like that. If that sounds like your sort of thing, sure. Go go play this. Mechanically it's fine. Some of the puzzles are humorous. Like I I got a good laugh here and there because just the framing of some of the puzzles are it's still it's it's my sort of dark humor occasionally. Um just because like the over the top edginess of it is is not great, but whenever you're kind of forced to think of the answer yourself because it's in a puzzle format, it kind of, it, it, it adds something. Yeah. It, it kind of, it, it forces you to have the idea first, which I think is a, uh, I've, I've always liked that, that, you know, it's sort of, sort of, you know, implanting a joke. Sure. Sort of a thing. um. But yeah, I, w- I was expecting, hoping that it was going to end up being significantly deeper than what was actually there um but yeah it was what it was what it said on the
0: tin honestly when you told us what little you told us about the game and the name of the game to be honest with you I tried my best not to judge games by something as simple as their name Mm -hmm. but that along with the shot that you showed me I was like this feels like one of those games from like 2010 just the aesthetic that they're going for when you first hear about the game where it's like it's very edgy and it sounds like it's a game that should have been released 10 12 14 years ago
1: i get what you're saying jay and i think like i think josh and i probably both fell victim to the same ruse here because i remember back when this was announced you get the pedigree of the developer and you think like oh this is gonna have layers it's gonna be like a subversion of that but then it just it's that Yeah, that was the strangest thing, which I guess,
3: I mean, I guess it had a layer more than I expected by being exactly what they said it was going to be. (laughs) Very, very satirical of them. Yeah. um, To just make the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was not my cup of tea, but I mean, still well-made, still, you know, the art itself was really well-made. Like, they they have got an eye for making things creepy when they want to um yeah yeah it was just sadly i didn't get what i was expecting out of it which is hilarious because i got exactly what they advertised
1: to me out of it and i just just i I, I didn't expect it anyway um you gave them too much credit man Mm -hmm.
0: i mean i i hate when that happens like to be honest with you i was so excited for super meat boy Oh, um, forever Oh god, forever. that came out this year. Yeah, it did come out this year. 63 games. And um <laughs> honestly, like Super Meat Boy the original is such a phenomenal game. Yeah. And the things I loved about it, I realized made up for some of kind of the weaker things. Uh, the humor is very much of a previous era and a previous generation, but the mechanics are still so amazing in that game. Yeah. So when they changed them in super meat boy forever the mechanics aren't bad to what they changed them to but they were j- just not as they're um innovative they're, yes, or nowhere near the same level as you wanted it, the, you wanted the it to
1: feel like the thing you remembered more than the thing yes, it was trying to exactly make.
0: and i i i got to learn the lesson that probably you guys have already learned multiple times over and josh you got to be reminded of with this game that um nostalgia can sometimes not Play nice, I guess, is the, the best way I can put that because Super Meat Boy Forever, while not a bad game, definitely disappointed me in terms of what my expectations were. And unfortunately, yeah. that's what you got today, or not today, but this week. Mm-hmm. So, womp, womp. Oh, oh, well, at least you know. And now you can add it to your list of things that you played and completed. And one less thing you have to say, oh, I got to play this game.
1: Another drop in the bucket.
0: And now you talked about it, and it never has to show up again. Exactly.
1: Unless it does.
0: It will not. Uh, Subway Midnight. Rich, you played this game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we got sent a code over for Subway Midnight, so shout out to uh, the devs for sending that over. But this game is... It's funny, Josh mentioned Happy Game being like this kind of atmospheric thing, because that's kind of what Subway Midnight is, too, but... From what I've played so far, I'd say it's doing a little bit of a better job of it. It is an atmospheric almost walking simulator with like some light puzzles in it. But it really is all about mood. Basic there's no actual spoken dialogue. You can kind of discern some story from like stuff that's going on, and there's like missing posters you'll see throughout it, but it is a psychedelic horror game where you are making your way through subway cars. You're just walking from one end of a subway car to another, and in each car, something weirder happens, and the whole time... So, so it's a subway car. Yes, correct. It's a New York City subway car at midnight.
0: (laughs) Um, I was going to ask, does it take place... Or not place. Does the time frame take place between the hours of 11 p.m. and 1 a.m.? It's not... I I assume so. It's not
1: made explicitly clear um okay all of it's very <laughs> reminiscent of a new york city subway does it actually does this game take place underground yes okay in a subway um because it's <laughs> it's weird because like a new york city subway <laughs> station would not be completely vacant at fucking midnight but it still very much has that like very late night like two or three in the morning empty subway station vibe hmm. And the only other persisting figure besides the player character is this Babadook looking motherfucker who is pursuing you from car to car and will occasionally catch up with you and there'll be kind of a sense of urgency to like, I need to get to the next car. But Hmm. when I say like pure psychedelic horror, like it'll be, you walk into one car and all of a sudden like this black goo will start flowing in through the windows and you have to make it to the next car before you drown. Or you'll walk into a car and suddenly you'll be walking on the ceiling and movement controls are reversed because everything's inverted now um mm. it's just like a, a sort of sight and sound like overload in ways that i think are pretty cool i mentioned earlier we were talking about music it is the most distinct and familiar sound to me of like an empty subway car rattling down the train line at night it's that's just kind of unnerving
0: Hmm. It sounds, this game sounds really freaking intriguing. Did, like, the, so you're saying it's more atmospheric than jump scary. Were there still any jump scares in there that got you?
1: There hasn't really been any of that so far for me. Okay. Um, it's more about painting a mood, and I think it does a really good job of that. It feels like an art house experience.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you know how long the game is, or how much time you've put into it?
1: I'm on. I'm less than an hour
0: in, like probably just maybe maybe just over an hour,
1: because I've left it sitting. But I I don't imagine it's terribly long. I haven't actually looked into that to find out. It seems like the type of thing you could probably finish in one sitting if you wanted to. Mm. Um. Weirdly, I've been taking notes on it, and I wanted to do. I don't know if this is something I feel comfortable writing a proper review for, but I think I'm just gonna write kind of my thoughts on what I think. Certain games, and this I think falls in that category of like, I find it really hard to be like, yes, you should play this, no, you shouldn't play this, and I kind of want to do more of like, here's what this thing is, and if this intrigues you, check it out.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious about that, actually, because, I don't know, it just sounds like a kind of like an isolated, fun, little, few-hour game.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it's it got a, a look to it that's pretty wild. I. I'm liking it so far. I mean, the 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 actual visual aesthetic of the characters is almost Paper Mario-esque, uh, mm-hmm. where you are basically a flat paper character on these sort of more splayed-out 3D environments of the subway car themselves. Uh, a lot of the times, the aspect ratio changes to kind of mess with you. Uh, sort of a narrow fieldscape, because, again, you're just moving forward in subway cars. There's a brief stint where you're in... The subway station but beyond that it's mostly just moving up the cars and things that happen along the way there
0: yeah yeah uh, it, it sounds fascinating it's something that i'll probably check out um especially if you say like hey this is going to show up at the end of the year for something i'll definitely prioritize it but yeah i'm intrigued i'm intrigued rich you've intrigued yeah, me
1: i'll come back with more next week for sure because i i'm more than positive i'll be done with it by then
0: i hope you'll just come next week but anyways uh i come every week look... <laughs> oh okay before we go any further sometimes twice in one night gross uh before we go any further into some game talk i just want to do a quick reminder um haven't really done it much this show haven't had any uh opportunity to that if you are liking what you are hearing please go to swordchomp.com to check out all of our content the main thing i want you all to check out is our Patreon because that is what funds not only this show but every podcast we do, everything we do is funded through Patreon. We are a 100% completely listener supported podcast or business or venture, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um we do all this for the fans, the patrons who spend their hard-earned money to support us. So there are a lot of different tiers over there. You can check it out and um, figure out if there's a, any way you can support us or you want to support us, anything like that, and you will be rewarded for your time. Uh, there's a cool super secret Instagram page where the patrons get a weekly um, weekly video of what's going on at SwordChomp. There are additional tiers, such as a super secret Discord and other various things. And next week, I'm going to be... Um, putting up a Patreon poll kind of talking about the experience of being a patron and they will have a chance to win some sort of cash prize for that. So, woo, yeah. Anyways, if you're interested, head over there, check it out and um, we'll be glad to have you in the family. Anyways, let's get back to some games now. Um, Unpacking is a game that, Somebody I can't remember who played this. It's me? It's me. It's me. It's me. It's Rich. I played unpacking. Okay. Well, actually, since that's that'd be two riches in a row, I'm gonna audible. Sorry, Rich. You're gonna have to hold on. Pretty fucking behind the frame. Let's do behind the frame first. Get some Josh back in here. Oh yeah. Which is Uh, what she said.
1: Which you can He was like, I'm tired.
0: See Um, that's how you use that phrase.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yes um i don't know why i went so high pitched with that you were (laughs) excited yeah yeah i went to michael jackson range up there that's how i'm bad i'm bad anyway sorry josh go ahead i'm sure you're gonna have a hell of a time editing that you're gonna be like god damn it shay sure editing Um. (laughs) (laughs) um what is it good for
2: absolutely none
0: You actually had a little bit of soul there, Rich. What the hell? You like that? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, Josh. Maybe Uh, editing
3: will happen. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Some cutting, Um, rather. Behind the the frame is a almost Ghibli's. Ghibli's the wrong way to put it. Like it's got a lot of that sort of.
2: Feel Whimsical to aesthetic. it from,
3: from the from the aesthetic a little bit. Oh no, is this an anime? Um, sort of. Um, I'm I'm not sure where the studios from exactly. Um, I needed to look that up, but I have not done so. I'll look it
1: up for you right now Do because you, um, I, I believe it's Taiwan. But let me verify. That sounds that. right,
3: but I know I'm also playing something else that came from Taiwan, so I may be missing. I, I will verify that.
1: it for you. you continue Thank in the you. meantime
3: um but it is about a painter you're playing as um a woman who's working on her last piece before she submits to an art competition in in new york uh and you're kinda, it is t- it is taiwan it is taiwan okay um and you are you know painting on, on your on your canvas there beside a nice open window and you can kinda look out over your window and, and see this old guy who's also painting in his in his own apartment across across the street from you with with his open window there and kinda see him and not really talk but you know, just kinda smile at each other, have your coffee and, and, and oh his rear
1: window
2: paint. Sort of um but anyway, um
3: the aesthetic is very much the paintings themselves, like the entire world kind of looks um it's it, it's a point and click game, but they do an interesting thing, sort of a la um Myst three. I think it was the first to do this where you can like drag around the world. Like it's, it's fully rendered, but you know, you're, you're in one spot and you can just kind of drag around it. Um, like still still frame sort of a thing. Um, but the whole thing is kind of in, in, in acrylic and, and oil painting style an art style for the whole world. Um, with, the, the world itself having more of a like kind of a loose, um, more bold colors, sort of a a style to it. And the paintings themselves themselves being much more detailed, um, you know, lots of brushstrokes and, and, and highly detailed paintings still, still in the same sort of acrylic style. Um, but just kind of, you know, uh, uh, enough of a difference to, you know, have it not feel strange whenever someone paints, you ever notice how that's strange when you're like watching a cartoon and everything's obviously painted, but then someone paints something, how,
1: how do they... Show what that looks like how do you how do you differentiate yeah how do how do
3: you not have what they're drawing there look identical to the drawing that's making it? It's that same sort of thing, but they they kind of pull it off nicely it's almost here. like
1: a cartoon uncanny valley,
3: yes, yeah, it's kind of um, but anyway, and so it's it's mostly kind of going about your day doing a little painting here and there um and there's you know. Kind of the the mystery you've made up for yourself of man, what what is this old man like? Who's who's painting across the street from me? What what's what's his whole deal? And kind of while well, you're supposed to be painting your painting, doing little sketches, looking in through his window of him at his easel and and, and his cat who's who, who sits there and kind of um, it's
2: it is very
3: atmospheric to start with uh, until it starts going places because it's like it's it's very slice of life cheery from all the stuff that they kind of show from all the trailers and whatnot going into it um, and then stuff starts being a little weird um, weird good or weird bad weird as in weird weird like you mentioned rear window and it's not like you witness a murder or anything but damn but um you start noticing things that don't make sense um like you're looking in your neighbor's window one time and you notice that one of the paintings he has on his wall is a painting you have on your wall um or he's communing with
1: the old gods
3: <laughs> yes yeah and like little things like that that just things that are out of place that don't make sense and then trying to piece together that that kind of mystery. Um, and it, it ended up really not going where I thought it was going, um, from the beginning. Cause it just, it looks so much just like a kind of nondescript slice of life story about a painter. Um, and it ends up, I, I was really surprised by the end. Like it's, it's a fairly short narrative experience. I think it's only hour and a half ish i'm i'm not sure exactly it's fairly short it's something you can finish in one sitting um sure but it's it's i think it's worth experiencing just because it does i wasn't sure at the beginning cuz it was it was it was exactly what again what they showed on the tin from from the early trailers cuz they just they show the beginning of the game um but yeah it was i was really impressed by what they did with it um kind of tying a lot of the art style and storytelling style which at the beginning i thought felt like okay this is a little hokey like they're kind of going overboard with it and then they end up making it work by the end um just because there's way more metaphorically going on with what they're doing with some of that storytelling stuff at the beginning than i expected um yeah i was i was kind of pleasantly surprised like i got it just because it looked pretty and i like every now and then i want a relaxing thing that just looks pretty um and that's kind of why i got it and uh it ended up being a little more than i expected out of this one which is kind of that's always a good a good feeling kind of getting more than you're expecting
0: out of something um yeah i like that i like that analysis i think that the way you summed that up is perfect something that you initially thought just looked good and was going to give you some peace of mind ended up being more than you expected. Yeah. Very cool. And, and it's important to note that the full name of this game, which will help kind of explain Josh's uh, just uh, roundup there, is oh. Behind the Frame, The Finest Scenery. hmm Yeah, it
3: has to have a subtitle, because, again, it's, su- it's it's from Asia. i got to be honest the- with you. The subtitle is better than the, the main title. Behind the Frame sounds like a, a sort of interview, like- an interview show with a bald man who talks about the parts of a film that no
0: one really cares about, including the person he's interviewing.
1: Wait, is this not a Fatal Frame spinoff?
0: <laughs> See, uh, to me, it sounds like a, a documentary on how to make. Good reading glasses or some shit. It is not it's a, a good.
1: It's a documentary about Thomas Kincaid. Mm. Ugh.
0: <laughs> Gross. Um, but that's cool. a joke
1: for white people.
0: Yeah. yeah. White Kid people and ha- Hallmark fans.
1: Yeah. That's a joke for your your mom. Like, if you got this on in the kitchen, she's like, "Hey, I know that."
0: <laughs> yeah, my stepmother used to be obsessed with Thomas Kincaid. Probably still is. It's the finest of bathroom decor.
1: Coming to a hotel near you.
3: (laughs) Hey, you know what? To be fair, though, no, he is talented. I just think it's funny how, kind of, just
1: (sighs) culturally, what all his art has become. We're three white guys. All of us have relatives that have Thomas Kincaid paintings in their homes. Oh yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Most of them in bathrooms. Like I said, that simultaneously won't surprise you, but will surprise you. Mm. Um, reading on Wikipedia, according to Kincaid's company, one in every 20 American homes owned a copy of one of his paintings. Yep. Yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah. But also
1: surprising at the same time. hmm Yep.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And <laughs> I forgot about this. He died nine years ago. Completely forgot about that. I never forget a kill. <laughs> well... <laughs> Seeing as how he died from acute intoxication from alcohol and dr- the drug diazepam. You paint snow-covered cottages for 60
1: fucking years and try not to drink the sorrow away. Yeah, that, ma- that, that
0: completely squares. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Rich, before we talk about death anymore, <laughs> let's talk about unpacking. Sure. Um, which is about um, death, right? No, it's
1: about unpacking. Damn it. Um, I want to say up front, this is a, a cathartic as hell game, and it's on Game Pass, so I'd recommend you both like, take a peek at it, if time permits. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an isometric point-and-click game that is exactly what it claims to be. It's about unpacking. Um, you never see any characters yeah. or anything like that. It's always it's, an uh, isometric It's the pixelate. opposite of the
3: one that I talked about at the beginning of the year, which is moving out.
1: Well, this is the the fun part of of unpack of mm-hmm. unpacking to me is uh, very cool. Like low poly pixel art. Basically, you were just in a. It starts with a room, starts expanding beyond that to here's boxes. You got to take objects out of them and put them where they belong, kind of arrange a of room. Um, and it jumps basically following this girl's life through every significant move of her life. So it starts with it. I think I believe it starts in 1997. And you're just unpacking your childhood bedroom. And I, I where I'm at now is like 2014. I'm like four or so moves deep. Um, you know, all the big ones like the college move, the move back home after college, moving in with your first boyfriend, like stuff like that. Mm. And like I said, you never see the characters. And it's as simple as I'm going to look at these things and put them where I think they belong. There's a ch- choice few objects that have will only go in certain spots like and it'll telegraph that to you by having it glow red being like hey this can't Mm. be here um like an early example of that in the first level which is kind of cute is there's a diary in one of the boxes and there's only two places the diary can go it can go on your desk or under your pillow okay um it this
3: I mean obviously like you said you don't see anybody in it but
1: this sounds a lot like Florence it it gave me those vibes and the thing is you don't see the characters but i feel like you learn a lot about her through like the things she hangs on to over the years yeah yeah um and you'll see like scuff marks on older things like dolls and stuffed animals that stick around or um this is weird gamer brain but it's one of my favorite parts of it sometimes you're unpacking consoles and the mm. consoles are, like, always perfectly specific to, like, yeah, she would have had a Game Boy Color now. She would have had a Game Boy Advance in this year. Yeah. um Here's a distinct enough GameCube, and this is probably where the pixel art sings, like, most beautifully for me. One, their GameCube knockoff is really cool-looking. Two, you're putting games away at certain points. Mm. And these covers can't be more than, like, 12 pixels, but you can look at them and be like, oh, that's Pikmin. That's Wind Waker. like. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool and it just like plugs at that cord. Um there's they capture one of the perfect nuances of moving, I think, which occasionally cuz you're you're bouncing from room to room as it progresses and unpacking, occasionally finding something in the wrong box. Like you'll be in the bedroom and oh, yeah. like why is there a toaster in here? And now you have to take yeah. the toaster and go back to the kitchen and
3: yep, yeah, yep, that get to the end of the move and you have to you've got like four boxes open and need to put shit
1: wherever it fits. Yep. Exactly. yeah. And at different Still points finding in life, that shit here.: Yeah, at different points in your life, you'll see how your priorities change in that sense. like I just reached a point where I finally have enough hangers. <laughs> and I feel like that's a real growing up moment. that's hitting yep. your 30s, being like, I have a matching set of hangers and I have enough of them.
3: Yeah, and then, and then in your late 20s, you hit that phase where you overcompensate, like I've never had enough hangers, and you've got like like about, about 15 extra hangers.
1: For about if, five years there until you finally realize,
3: oh, I can get rid of these.
1: If I can make one change to this game, I would make there be an option that you could throw some stuff out. <laughs> uh, and uh, another, this is the one that probably hit me the hardest. There is a move in particular in here um, where I Rich, believe it's.
0: You just gave me an idea for a game. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting your flow. What if they made a game about hoarding and you have to hoard the most shit before you're hoarding neighbors? And that was the whole premise of the game. I don't
1: know, man. I don't know if I like that. I mean,
0: kind of fun. We're 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 talking about Shimegami
3: Tensei five soon.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll be getting there.
2: (laughs) I
3: we're talking about insert you hoard items, you hoard hoard your friends.
1: (laughs) I hoarded the most demons. Mm -hmm. Hoard all the demons. Yeah, uh, but I feel like I, I, I get what you're going for, Shay. I feel like I wouldn't like that for the same reason I want to throw out button in this game. Sometimes there's too much shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. The, there was one move in the middle there that really broke my heart, and it was clear that it was like, oh, moving in with the boyfriend, and it is the most dude apartment in the world. Like It is a bachelor pad, um, and the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me, and again, great storytelling in this. There's nowhere to hang your diploma in that apartment. The only place you can put it is under the bed,
2: mm.
1: and I was like, "Oh, girl, this is not gonna work out."
3: <laughs> yeah, hmm, I like that. But, I, I like that. Like we use environmental storytelling a lot of times to mean stuff completely that's not environmental storytelling, just because. Oh, there's an audio log here. Environmental storytelling, um. But yeah, this but, is totally that. But yeah, whenever it's done well like this, where it's it's just completely in world through little touches like that, and able to get a narrative across, that it's so impressive when that's yeah, done it, well.
1: Yeah, it's stuff like that, and that same apartment has a lot of those telltale signs. Like in that apartment, there's not a lot of good spots to put your shit in the bathroom. Um, and it's one of those moves that is distinctly different because I believe it's the first move where. You're moving into a space that someone else is already occupying. Hmm. So you need to, like, organize around where their shit is. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this isn't, like, some weird... It's something I picked up on a whim because it was on Game Pass. And I'm like, oh, this looks intriguing, and it's relaxing and just kind of scratches a certain part of my brain that I guess is the part that likes to organize. Yeah. Um, and it's just... I'm definitely going to see it through to the end. Like, you can take pictures at the end of every chapter. It kind of snapshots it. And the only real, I guess, anything you would attribute to dialogue is whatever room you choose to end a move in, click the finish button. It cuts to a photo album with a picture of that room, and you get, like, a little line of text about the memory Hmm. of that move. Um, But it is a game truly built around environmental storytelling, and it's kind of wild how much you can kind of glean about a person just from seeing their shit over the years and seeing the stuff that clearly matters to them, the stuff they hold on to. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. A game about moving
0: and unpacking. In a nutshell.
2: Electhead
0: yep. is the final game we're gonna talk about today, which guys, I I don't know what you're doing to me. The the, the titles on all these games are just there's some rough- That's not
1: even a real game, we tricked you.
0: We can get him to say whatever we want. <laughs> Once a week. We, yes. put,
1: we put whatever on the teleprompter, and this guy just reads it.
0: <laughs> Doodoo Shit Diaper is coming up next. Go fuck That's yourself, San Diego. That's the game we played this week, Doodoo Shit Diaper. <laughs> it's a racing game.
3: <laughs> Set an yeah. Go Shit Diaper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know where else to take that joke. I'm sure there's some good other news, guys. We can take it, but...
1: uh, big changes coming to the podcast starting next week. All of us are going to be voiced by Chris Pratt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, hate, I hate this. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, starting next week, we're changing the name of our podcast to Doodoo Shit Diaper. Doodoo Shit Diaper with Chris Pratt
1: and the Chris Pratt. Now voice. I like this more. Chris Pratt and the Chris Prattits.
0: <laughs> now I like this less. Um, Chris Pratt and the Pratt Pack. The Pratt oh, that's Pack. Yes, yeah. better.
1: Chris Pratt and the Pratt Pack.
0: <laughs> we got it, guys. We got it. Yeah, yeah. Also, Garfield Starting and Mario are here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Pratt Pack. It's and and Chris yeah. Pratt and the Pratt Pack. Um. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. A <laughs> A game that you swear is the actual title of the game.
3: Yes, yes. It's it's another game that it is what it says on the tin. Uh, you're a robot with an electric head. Um, and power has gone out in this entire... Yeah, I played Man moon, Eater. ...moon base or, or whatever it is. Um, I think it's in a moon it's base. C- it's clearly a Mega Man level. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so whenever you walk on any of these metal surfaces in the uh, in the world, you electrify anything that's on it, which can mean um, raising and lowering platforms or turning on defenses like you know uh, electric arcs or turning on sentry guns or stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and it is kind of with that framework a puzzle platformer um, where you are trying to something who knows it's, it's like it's it's nebulous it's nebulous and i got to the end of the game and the ending happened and i still had no idea what was going on um huh like huh. it's just kind of like it didn't need a story is kind of the what it boiled down to like the power's out do something like that so uh, that you know anyway
0: um they could, you're saying they could have done with less at this point, less. Is no, no, more no, no. no there
3: wasn't scene. any. Is the is the point? Like there was basically oh, okay. nothing. There's like a five second cutscene at the beginning where you see all the power go out, and then the game starts, and you kind of there, there's like an establishing shot of the moon base that you're in. As this is that to It's belt. Yeah, yeah. Like it's fine. Like it, it doesn't need a story, <laughs> so there's basically no story in there. Um, it it um, like it starts off. Really straightforward. You can jump, and that and that's it. And most of the puzzles are that what you're standing on is then it has power. Um, not long into the game, like second level, um, you get the ability to take your head off and throw it, and your head is the part that has the electric charge. Um, As it you, should be. You've you've got like, 10 seconds of reserve power that you can walk around and do whatever uh, until you go retrieve your head. Um, mm. But but at that point, your head is the part that is electrifying whatever it is currently touching. Um, so there are puzzles kind of involved, much more involved with that. Um,
1: so it's not just a clever name. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, <laughs> it... Uh, the mechanic is good it is it is a good good puzzle platform mechanic and I think mm. they did an amazing job of just getting everything they could have
2: out of it yeah. um it, it is um
3: <laughs> some of them some of them were just like puzzles that I would kind of um it, it's got collectibles kind of hidden throughout there like it's it's a it's a pixel art game that has um there's one collectible tied to a an alternate ending which is not super necessary thematically
2: Uh, you know because
3: because again there's basically no story there exactly And, and, and getting a second ending uh and changing the ending was was still basically a nothing ending, but it, it's it was so funny. Like they did a good job. Like it's it's humorous at that point. Okay, like there's a second ending to the story with no, or to this game with no story. um
0: Yeah, and that's just uh, that's what I imagine. Like the first ending is just him turning the light on or the the switch on, and then second one is like him just doing a front flip and then turning the switch on. Yeah, basically. Um, like it's 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 kind of
3: funny that that's what the collectible is, but then the so that that that's one of them, and then the other collectible is because it's a, um. Like really, it's it, it's a it's a pixel art game, but it's like a GBA, um. Limitations pixel art game for the most part. Uh, the game has four colors. Um, you've got like essentially a light, a dark and then two other that are generally mid-tone type things, sort of like it's a GBA thing. Um, okay. And and the game generally, with the default palette, uses that to be like a light and a dark blue, and then white, and then a yellow, so you can obviously tell when things are electrified. Like, it it, it works really well to get across everything they're going with, or everything they're going for, which I, I think that's the best palette just functionally. Um. But then you also unlock different palettes. Like you get one that is just a GB, like a regular Game Boy, just like those four tones of green. Um, and you you actually unlock some palettes that are essentially um, the Game Boy Color. I don't. I'm not. I'm sure. I don't know how many people know this or not. But but uh, when you'd start a Game Boy game on a Game Boy Color, there were key combinations you could put on while it started up that would change the palette for the four colors or or maybe more than four but so you could have different color palettes and some of the ones you unlock are just those game boy color or game boy color color palettes for right. the game um like you can unlock one that's it's clearly down well like with that red and white and black um sort of thing it's it, they're they're fun like it's 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 an it's a kind of i've not really seen pallets be a collectible
0: before but it's a fun little thing to kind of find but, I but mean, anyway the, they're, clo- they're, the closest to that would be like psychonauts 2 when you buy some of those yeah aesthetic yeah changes yeah, in that game
3: yeah 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 um but like this is you know
0: the color of the entire game
3: um but uh, uh down any did the same thing yeah, yeah, one of the one of the pallets you get yeah, is down. Anyway, <laughs> that makes um, sense. Um but anyway, these things are kind of hidden off in mostly hidden rooms or kind of off the beaten path in a room you're already in. Um in some of the puzzles like in the main story uh or not main story but like the main path that you have to get through. Um it's hard to tell if you're on the main path or not because they're they're tough. They get pretty tough with with some of the neat things they're doing with the um the mechanics there. Um, but they also let you teleport around from level to level, and the whole the whole thing is kind of a self contained, basically a Metroidvania, but but or not a Metroidvania. But it's it's a single self contained map. Like you get the one ability. The only thing you get is the ability to throw your head. That's that's it. That that's you get fairly thing, yeah. early on. Um, but you can teleport around and like find other things to, to see if, oh, maybe I'm not on the right path. (laughs) Maybe I'm trying to solve something that's just an optional thing anyway. Um, like it's, it's all pretty obvious. Like you go from level one to two to three to four as just going through it. Like there's, there's not really this. There's a natural progression. Yes. Like you're, you're not going to get so lost that you're, you know, completely on the wrong side of the map, but you might be like trying to solve. A hidden room or something um okay but also
0: um
2: how long
3: was it a couple hours three hours can okay so it?
0: it's a pretty it's a pretty short self-contained
3: yeah fairly short game um but i, I like again like i kind of feel like it they they hit all the puzzle ideas they had uh, mm. and because there are all these optional things you can go find uh, if you're thinking about how to solve something, you don't have to just stand in a room and beat your head against a wall until you figure it out. You can kind of, you know, stop, think about it for a little bit and then go explore for a little while. It'll give gives you something else to do while you think about how to solve something else. Um, yeah. which is kind of fun. Um, I think, I think that's good, uh, okay. for, for puzzle games is to have multiple things you can work on at a
0: time. Right. Um.
3: Just Who
2: because, would you
0: recommend this game for? Like anyone who's played other games, like what would you kind of say? Like, hey, if you like this game, maybe you will like Elect like Head. Um,
3: I mean, like puzzle games in general. Like it's it's a it's a really solid puzzle platformer. Um, it's it's not like the most difficult because again, it's fairly short. Yeah. So it's like there's only so long you're going to get stuck on any given thing for the most part. Right. Um, I think, I think it's fun. I think people who are not even particularly into puzzle games would be, would still like the mechanic of this just because of the way you interact with the world by, by, uh, you know, chucking your head. Yeah. By throwing your head at stuff to, uh, to, you know, give it power. It's, it's, it's neat. They do, they do some fun things with it. Um, is it going like, to chuck I, its way onto your game of the year list anywhere? Ooh, I don't know. Like I always have a hard time with short games like this, and especially really niche ones that don't know where to put them. Like mechanically, like if we we're doing a mechanic thing, I like. I've got a feeling that they, that that throw your head at something to electrocute it is. We are. I know. I know. This is. This is. Anyway, um, <laughs> I like to whisper too. But. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's, Josh that, that's, that's the friends. sort of thing that, um, that I think it would really kind of shine in, okay. is just, just showing off how you can do something that different and have it just be done to that level in a, in a game right. like this.
0: Um, right, right, right. Cool. Okay. Well, there you go. If you're a fan of puzzle platformers, which I am, check it out. I might be checking this game out, so... Uh, we're going to take one more final break, and then we're going to come back with some back-end stuff, which is social media polls. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this, you must be listening to The Chomp Cast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know, you're wondering...
1: Well, hey, Shay, tell them about the other podcast!
0: <sighs> yes, I know you're wondering... What else could I listen to? Don't
1: forget the other podcast.
0: What else could I possibly listen to tell them about the from these podcast. guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying, if you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to soarchomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as chomping after dark a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies and evoking the sublime where shade breaks down the history and creation of a video game often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you and enjoy. We are back. Let's do some polls guys. You guys excited? Yes! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, I did one of the scientific sliders. I said, since Chris Pratt is everywhere, there was a meme going around this week about how Chris Pratt was going to be voicing anything in any kind of film or movie from here on out. So some one of my friends on social media posted, Breaking Chris Pratt will be playing Ji-hoon in the American remake of Squid Game. And... <laughs> scientific slider for how funny that was and i got some messages for some people be like i'm fucking sick of americans american media remaking shit for no reason i'm like it's just a joke guys it's just a joke settle down it's it's not real um
1: what on on that spectrum today shay which i thought was funny uh adi shankar uh shared a post assuring uh people who are going to be watching that uh chris pratt will not be dante in the netflix devil may cry
0: Mm. (laughs) thank god yeah, I, I made I actually had him throw my hat in the ring and make a meme about it and uh, I woke up I can't remember, I think it was like Tuesday morning, I was like, I have a meme for this and so I made it's, one that Chris Pratt was gonna play Kratos in the God of War Ragnarok.
1: It's so hard to meme at this point though, isn't it? Because like if I had to think what's the stupidest, funniest joke I could make, oh it's God. Chris Pratt is Garfield and then that became I, a reality. I was yeah.
3: convinced that this was just a dumb meme going around. For about the first four hours of seeing posts <laughs> about this it's thing, because fucking
2: Garfield.
3: It like it wasn't until like halfway through the fucking day that I finally saw someone linking an article along with their memes. I'm like, oh fuck, this is a thing that's actually happening.
0: It's a meme, Mario. I hated Wait, the Mondays. Here's here's the thing. Shout out to whoever Chris Pratt's agent or agents are, because right? that dude has been getting good role after good role. He's getting work. <laughs> yeah yeah shout out to him and like it's such a weird thing too to think about how chris pratt has like heel turned into one of the people that people love to make fun of in hollywood think about just 10 years ago he was so well liked off of parks and rec and i loved him on parks and rec just like most Oh yeah that's what he's at his most
1: lovable then he made some life choices that are concerning
0: (laughs) yeah but
1: but we don't have to get into that we're here to have fun
0: yeah exactly so anyways <laughs> the first actual poll i did um i'm not a big fan of this i figured this is more something for rich to discuss and actually josh you too Pack south was canceled indefinitely due to a lack of growth or vision so i just had the fans pour one out put put beer in between the two i mean it's like it's the same exact choices but there's not a lot of growth pa- or vision in the south So that makes sense. true <laughs> you beat me to the punch i was actually going to be serious so you could make the joke but uh you're one step ahead of me but what i was going to say is pax south is a fairly recent um iteration of pax it it is the smaller one it's more centered around indie games and tabletop games that was kind of the thought process there it's a cheaper alternative to something like pax east which is the premier version of pax there are five different paxes now four so, Pack South was kind of like the cheap alternative where you could check some stuff out. And according to the creators and the developers or the heads of Pack South, that basically hasn't seen the same level of growth. And the pandemic really kind of exacerbated that. So they are indefinitely closing it down, and until if and when they can come up with a new vision.
1: Not surprising, I guess, because I've never been to a Pack South, but like. You see growth in certain places and not in others. Um I mean Pax PAX East is now the biggest PAX, like up to the point where just a few short years ago they changed the name of Pax Prime to PAX West because it no longer felt like the most important PAX. Mm-hmm. Um But uh PAX East and PAX West are still dope as fuck, so maybe we don't so much need a PAX self. Um I'm- and then if you want the board gaming option, you got packs unplugged, which is really cool. I've done that one before as well, and I mean, even in normal packs, like the the amount of board gaming scope stuff there is is monumental.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not necessary. I think it's cool for people in that area who didn't necessarily want to travel to one. Side yeah, of it's the a country. shame in that sense. But um, I had a few people message me about that too, and saying it's the beginning of the end for a lot of these. Um, these gaming showcases in person gaming showcases and i still i don't think that's I,
1: necessarily true
0: i used to believe that i don't believe that anymore especially coming out of this pandemic people are itching to rediscover community again i think that's something we kind of took advantage of also back in the, back in the before times so now a lot mm-hmm. of us are harkening back even for some kind of community it doesn't matter gardening video gaming uh sports community anything like people are wanting to reconnect with each other so i don't think that these ones are going to be like e3 or PAXes, anything like that's going to be going anywhere i think is a different story well e3 is a different story but i also think that e3 will figure out some way to become a hybrid um online showcase in-person showcase type of thing
1: well i've voiced this enough times in the past but like i think the reason e3 i'm uncertain about is because of how much more successful things like pax have been um but yeah, like, I mean, I was at PAX East right as this pandemic thing was kicking up back and we were like, no, two weeks, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and even for them cutting down, it was still packed. People were still out there. You know, we were we- like, we were wearing masks, but we were having a good time. Yeah, and exactly. uh, I can't
0: wait to get back out there at this point. Yeah, it'll be good. So anyways, even though it's sad, even though it's expected, poor one out for PAX South. So next... Darkest Dungeon 2 is out and ready to suck you back into its dark world. Are you ready to take the plunge again? 42% of people said, I go into the dark. And 58% of people said, I'm not a sadist. Which, um, I gotta be honest with you. I, I've been saying that like I'm done with Darkest Dungeon, and I started seeing screenshots, and I'm like, why do I want to play this again? <laughs> Why do I want it's to get a back into this very universe? different game? I've heard that too. I have like I haven't read exactly why because in the event that I actually do take the plunge and play it, I kind of want to be surprised at the difference, differences that are in this one, but I definitely have read that it's a very different game. Mm. And the, to its benefit.
1: Yeah, the I mean the only thing that's keeping me from it is um time. Games money. no, games like this, I'm not responsible for either of those things. Um I don't really enjoy playing games like this in, like, super, super early access because I feel like so much of the fine-tuning has yet to come.
0: Yeah. A la Hades for me a few years ago when I hated it when it was in early access and now I love that yeah. game. Yeah, I did not like the feel of that game when it first came out. I,
1: I liked it when it first came out and then once it was, like, a finished product, I, I fell in love with it. But, like, I kind of... In the same way, like Hades, I didn't play for like a year straight. I don't want to burn out on this thing, um, before only to not to, that to not come level. back to yeah the way the yeah. dev wants it
3: to be. Yeah, because that that sort of game is kind of built on the balance of it,
1: or lack thereof, depending on what the devs are going for.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, like it, it's got to be tuned pretty well for it to not, or for it to to get across the. The, the, the feeling that they're 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 really looking for out of something yeah. like that right
0: yeah it's yeah it's interesting i do want to try it out but yeah i know it's also an early access so yeah. i would rather play the fully finalized product so i can have a complete vision and honestly i'm glad mm-hmm. it's an early access right now because i don't think i'm ready to jump back into the darkest dungeon yet yeah. the wounds are still too fresh <laughs> I haven't cured the bleed. I haven't put the bandages on the bleed. Yeah. The I don't play a lot of
3: me. early access stuff unless it's like completely unique and I just kind of want to see mechanically if, if it's something that I am going to be interested in later because even though I've already paid for it at that point I can kind of know whether I need to continue to be excited stuff like uh, stuff like tear down or like uh, um uh, Phantom Abyss, like, yeah. just it, the the uniqueness of the concept is something that I kind of want to see right off the bat, and then
1: not played them I'll since come there. back to this when it's yeah. polished yeah. up. Yeah,
3: like let me let me check it out real quick at the beginning, and then kind of leave it. I'm not I'm not someone to kind of pick at an early access game and see how it evolves along the way. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Like I I understand how that is an important role for a lot of these small developers to have that feedback um but that's just not something i'm personally interested in
0: doing
1: it's not everyone's play style
0: yeah yeah unfortunately i already feel overwhelmed with games as it is so yeah that's not something i want to necessarily play test for somebody else for free Mm
1: mm-hmm hey it's not for free you gotta pay for it (laughs) oh that's true
0: good point Uh, i'm not reimbursed for it is what i should have said mm that would have been the better way but anyways uh next poll god damn it my phone the bloodborne d master is being released january 31st for free there's a final there's a final official announcement for the release date two people have been working on this for a while now and it's being released completely for free and i said how dope is that 73% 73% of people said, I'm on board, and 27% of people said, shut up already, because this is definitely not the first time I've talked about it. Um, I'm kind of known here as being the guy who will fucking just try out fan-made things often. Oh, I'm uh, eager
1: that- to try this out as well.
0: Well, hold on. Give me a second, mm-hmm. bro. <laughs> Give I'm me sorry. a second. You guys keep I just- jumping my shit. I'm, I'm just- leading you guys into the conversation. <laughs> So I was going to say this dates back to 2016 when I was trying out the uh, Super Mario 64 spiritual successor made by a fan and Pokemon Uranium. But recently, because we had a Mr. Rich Meister join the podcast, that he's also willing to do that. So I have someone here with me who's willing to do that. And I was, I was thinking it'd kind of be funny and a travesty if I ended up playing this D-Master all the way through before I finished the original game all the way through. I think you should do it. I
1: encourage it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, just, just to make chaos. somebody angry it,
1: didn't yeah. we almost do a chomping after dark about that um, Zelda fan game that was like the link between Ocarina and Majora's Mask that I, I played and ended up really liking it's
0: um, still on my computer and I haven't played it yet
1: you should really play it it's, it's, it's short it's like two hours long and it's really cool
0: oh I'd love to do that yeah I should sit I should sit down and do that this winter when I'm on Christmas vacation that'd it's, be fun yeah, it's short and it's it's pretty neat. <laughs> I'm actually, you know, because we were getting on the subject and I was listening to you guys, I was looking up, um, I don't know if you ever played this, Rich, it's called Crash Intense. It was a fan-made 2D Crash Bandicoot game. And I have not played that, no. There's, uh, I talked about it years ago on the podcast, because at this point it's like four years old. There have only been two demos for it, and, uh, and they, there's no new update. I just went and looked on their Twitter. Unfortunately, what was the title? no new news. But what's that? What was the title? Crash.
2: The letter N, intense.
0: So, ah, uh, it's a, it's all right. Intense adventure.
1: Say a, hmm. Intense adventure.
0: Sure. I think so.
1: It's on uh, a website. I, I'm seeing a post about it on a website called um, SonicFanGamesHQ.com. So I'm no yep, longer that's interested. That's exactly it.
0: That's exactly it. No, Sonic I played it. Um, I enjoyed the game and I kind of it's not the greatest game in the world it's not terrible either it's a fun fan-made game but yeah there there's no news on the third demo unfortunately there's just like they said we're gonna be releasing the third one and you you can play as Coco and that was three years ago and almost four years ago now so so they gotta be close (laughs) I would hope so but maybe they just fell off of it you say that out loud josh (laughs) you say that out loud but no like there's some there's some video (laughs) there's some video from the uh bloodborne d master and it looks pretty fun very much looks like a ps1 game obviously looks kind of like a nightmares creature nightmare creatures-esque game to me which i'm excited for Hmm.
1: What is selling point? No, yeah, uh, no. I yeah, love no, that I, game.
0: I, I get, I get the vibe though. I
1: actually, I'm really interested to dive into that when it when it drops as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah.
0: pretty neat. Cool that it'll be free. And I love yeah, shit it like, like this. Be. I mean, it is fan made and everything. But, anyways, uh, next, I read an article on this, and this somehow slipped by me until I read this article. There's a new game called Uncited. And the author was basically talking about. Go ahead, go ahead. Somehow slipped by you. Yes. Okay.
3: Well,
2: you I've been told
3: telling me about about it, didn't you about this for a couple months, and I forgot about it. <laughs> okay. Because you you mentioned this poll, and I thought you were just fucking with me because I no, told you about completely
0: this game. I Forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, Josh, no, it's there are fine. a lot of I games just, you I, tell I me to play, I sometimes... I'd
3: not been to the Instagram this week, and I, I legitimately thought you were just fucking with me because I told you about this game, and... Anyway, okay.
1: No, you... Is no, you, it's on Game Pass?
0: Yes. Oh! <gasps> is it? It's yeah. on Game Pass. Fuck, I gotta go download that tonight. Mm-hmm. No, like, here's the thing, Josh, you tell me to play a lot of games, and sometimes I do remember them, and sometimes I do forget them. That's my fault. <laughs> this is one of the ones I forgot. So I apologize, <laughs> but anyways, I'm gonna actually install I, it now while we're on this topic. There you good go. Good idea. I read oh, yeah. this article giving it glowing endorsements, saying that it is t- being it is being touted as the best Metroidvania game of 2021, which kind of blew my mind. And
3: this is a hell of a year for Metroidvania's too. Yeah. So
0: that's that's a hell of a thing. If it's a hell of a claim, yes. Yeah. So I was curious um, if the fans hearing that our fans. Does that entice them to want to play it? 54% of people said, it's in my sites. And 46% of people said, eh, I'm too busy. So, yeah. So. We need to play it, boys, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll jump on that. I think I'm there. I think I'm there for that.
0: I'm curious, because like, I read the the article up to the point to where there were spoilers, and it sounds very intriguing.
1: It's got a corgi in it. You clearly just... You could have just told me that, and we could have mm-hmm. stopped.
0: Pretty I'm sure you can pet everything. that corgi, too.
1: Oh, fuck, I'm, I quit the podcast. I gotta go play this game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to, actually. but um, Yeah, so very short, easy poll there. This comes from um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, me playing Metroidvania. When you were playing a game, and you feel it's starting to piss you off, what do you do? Um... 50 57% of people said I power through and 43% of people said I turn it off. I'm definitely 9 times out of 10 9 times out of 10 the power through type of guy where I'm fucking yelling at my screen, I'm throwing my controller into my couch cushion so I don't destroy it but get some rage out and pick it back up and I don't you do that do drugs all the time. about it. I don't I don't <laughs> want you thinking like my house is like just crazy like
1: it's just Xbox controllers through sheetrock everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, buy a, you buy a thing of sheetrock just so you can throw your controller through it, and then you're like, oh, I guess I gotta go to Home Depot this week. I
1: just mm-hmm. buy play glass windows,
0: and oh, I the just fucking glass thro- that they use I in just throw
1: chairs through them. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> you hire somebody to literally take a steel chair to the back when you get pissed off?
1: Those windows are made of sugar, so my dog just comes in and licks it up.
0: Mm not the only thing your dog licks up but um yeah what do you guys that's do that's fucked up <laughs> <laughs> what else do you like what do you guys do do you power through it or you turn it off
1: I uh I don't know it kind of depends usually power through it I guess like I I, I yeah. like uh, when a game gets me frustrated a little bit sometimes because I'm like oh motherfucker I'm coming for you
3: yeah I. A lot of it kind of depends on how fair it is with with the the challenge cuz every now and then you're playing something and it's just bullshit. You're like what the, the fuck is this? Like there's there's no thing you're doing wrong per se to fix whatever it is that's killing you. How much you the failure
1: whatever. feels genuine or just yeah. something out of your control, yeah.
3: Yeah, and like where where I am on that you know keep trying to power through it question it really has a lot to do with that like if it feels like something i'm learning from that i'm getting better at or whatever yeah i'll I'll stick with it for for quite a while um but yeah yeah like i fucking hate those bullshit deaths from you know yeah just just nonsense out of nowhere i know what you're whatever. saying
0: like yeah one thing that actually kind of harkens back to our topic earlier in the show. Um one of the times I can remember being most met like the most angry in recent memory was in Doom Eternal in one of those uh what are they Slayer Gates? Is that what they yeah, were called them yeah, sure? yeah, God, those are yeah, so th- good. The most of them were fun, but there's I think it was like the the second to last one that was just so difficult. And I was actually playing um some music from this hardcore band. Oh, what are they called? Doesn't matter, anyways. I was playing some, some music from this band just because I was getting so fucking angry and like I'd been playing this this gate for hours just trying to slay it and uh, trying over the span of a few days to finish it. And man, was it angering! Mm -hmm. I tell you what. But yeah, I was listening to this band. I'm looking their name up right now. They're called Dealer, and uh, they're they're a hardcore band and. I was just, like, fucking raging at this game. I definitely threw my controller <laughs> a few times. It was like, a fucking... Uh! Like, gamer rage, you know? Like, the yeah. shit that people make fun of. Just sitting there, like, trying not to shit my pants. Like, fucking
1: game. Uh! I, did, I did get some slight gamer rage when I was fighting the last boss in uh, mm,
3: That's a tough boss. It's and not it just a tough felt... boss, but, like, that had... Almost all the combat in that game is outstanding. That last boss has shit raining down from the sky and the way the camera angles work in that game like stuff would just land and you had no time to react to it so just like oh well I'm taking that hit whatever I Um,
1: probably wouldn't have felt so frustrated with it if it was one of those boss fights where it's like it's long and you have to start it from the
3: beginning when you fucking I'm like yeah, like I liked everything about that except for the one spot where stuff is falling and you can't it's not telegraphed. It's not like oh, it's there's a hard. shadow. You can you know there's to watch. So out many for
1: ads, and it is just like it's hard to keep up with towards the end. Yeah, but this isn't about Kana. This is about anger, which yes. Kana made me feel. Mm-hmm. That 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 Saint that
3: one
0: attack, one attack in the entire game. Is, what a bad album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. When you said anger, that's immediately what I thought of. I thought of sad. the
1: worst Metallica album.
0: <laughs> Makes sense. Which one?
1: St. Anger. But remember,
0: yeah, I'm not a big fan of Metallica. They're, I respect what they did. I like some of their older stuff. I don't know. I like their one. Co- you set respect on Twitch.
1: You respect cocaine.
0: It's what yeah, that's what they did. The best. That's the best. Um, I was curious. Does this sound like you guys? I like playing games to so search for Easter eggs and glitches. 64% of people said, "You know it," and 36% of people said, "I like my eggs sunny side up." Just that, instead of saying no. That was my uh-huh. way of yes, yes. Yeah, no, we got it. Yeah. It's
1: weirder when you try and explain it.
0: <laughs> You're weird. Well, no, I was just curious. Great impression like... of my dad.
1: Do
0: hmm? you guys like searching for Easter eggs?
1: Uh I wouldn't say it's a main draw for me, but I don't I don't not enjoy it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
3: Less less the Easter eggs and more like just breaking stuff in general
0: yeah um, yeah see so it like how you just can personally break. josh yeah. i know you're a big fan of that yeah yeah what's uh, like what's uh, I, I was your... telling
3: rich on our last oh, break actually was that it was actually i i finished a lekhead and i was immediately like Ooh, i want to speed run this game just because of the way the mechanics play i'm like Ooh, i bet this would be a fun game to speed run um
1: which is insane thinking on my, in my opinion. Yes. Speed yes. run.
3: Um, but anyway. So, just because that's you know, I, I I like breaking games like that in that
1: sort of way. S- Speed run. How could you, Josh? Says the man who trained to do Link to the Past randomizers for six months.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh. Uh... Joshua, I know you're a really big fan of that. What's one of what's probably one of your favorite memory recent memories of you like finding Easter eggs or trying to break the game with glitches and stuff like that? I mean, we kind of mentioned it's intended
3: breaking the game, but there's so much stuff that you have to figure out. Oh, I can just do this thing, and it's completely unfair in uh, inscription. Um, and so, like, the whole game's kind of built around that idea, like of of just discovering something in a game so it, it's it's kind of not fair for the rest of the competition it's kind of a mechanic of it yeah like that's kind of big, big yeah, draw exactly um actually again going back to, to Kana, one thing that i found out in that <coughs> similar to breath of the wild is that when people try to do a slowdown mechanic when you're midair the ways you have to fake that in the game physics is always a little wonky i, I don't know if you noticed this rich you can get, like, twice the air time if you go to jump and then slow time down by, by pulling your bow out. I hadn't noticed that, but that makes sense. Yeah, and there were a bunch of puzzles that I could get around Break by, doing that. By, by being able to do, like, super long jumps by timing stuff the right way by pulling the bow out to slow time down. Still um, kind of
1: cool. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. That's that level of thing you leave in because you're like, this would be really hard to fix and nobody's going to fucking do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the first thing I do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think finding glitches and stuff like that is fun. I know some people are like, Ugh, I want my game to be fucking perfect. Fucking shit. Like I pay 60 fucking goddamn dollars. Where's the fucking glitch. But I think that shit's fun. Mm hmm. I don't know. I, I want to like, put all
1: the cheese in Skyrim in a room and see
0: what happens. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I love that shit. Like That was part yeah. of the allure of those games for me. It's like seeing what wonky shit happens. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. There's an appeal. A charm, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a peel. There's a banana. This joke sucks. Let's move Can on. Can we make Can it pen, pineapple, more obvious. Apple pen. <laughs> I got a pineapple. I got him. That Remember book. that? Ooh! <laughs> shut the fuck up! All right, the last last poll we did today. Shut the fuck or up! I did. Rather. Shut the fuck up!
1: Shut the fuck up!
0: You fucking pussy! Uh, that's how I should do the poll. The last duel <sighs> represents a fucking pussy. Uh, the last duel <laughs> represents a dying breed. <laughs> An adult. <laughs> On, let me gather myself. Oh. The last duel represents a dying breed, an adult cinematic epic. Despite solid reviews, it's still bombed in the box office. Do you want to see it? 77 or excuse me, 79% of people said it looks intri- intriguing, and 21% of people said I'll pass. Um, I was reading an article kind of theorizing about why the game bombed, per se. Like what about it? Movie? Not the game, sorry. What about the movie Made It Bomb? Because in theory it should have done well. It's a Ridley Scott joint. Um, it's an epic game. There's a there's a lot going for movie. it, but yeah, it just didn't do well. And so the person was trying to theorize what what they think um goes into. It. Obviously there are multiple things such as a pandemic, um, it's a longer movie, the subject matter is kinda a little bit dark off the bat, it's and, like a and, and also the pers- publishers never did any advertising,
1: yeah, I was it. gonna say that I, there was almost no marketing for this movie.
0: The only marketing really came from like the usual doing the late night circuit stuff. um, I did yeah. watch some of the stuff that Matt Damon was doing on the various um circuits, and so I mean that was the only real exposure I had to that if you're not. Interested yeah. in late night or watching those interviews? You had no exposure to that movie, so yeah, yeah there've the been like
3: no commercials or anything on any websites I'm on, like and nothing someone, on YouTube. You know, or...
1: commuting to work every day, still, I never see any actual physical ads
0: for it anywhere. Yeah, I would say though that's that's kind of a hard one to sell though, like in in an ad because of the subject matter. It's like basically a knight is accusing his squire of raping his wife and thus entering the last duel. Where's the last well, official sanctioned duel in um I believe where is it somewhere in Europe you know and so yeah that's kind of that's kind of hard to advertise for something like hey come check out this I mean each, this awesome epic and then it's like ten minutes in oh somebody's accusing someone of raping somebody else yeah this is what I wanted to sign yes, up yes but also like people can do research I just
1: mean like you should have put out like a bus stop ad with Adam Driver on it.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I think they they definitely could have done a little bit more for that video. And like, here's the thing. Ridley Scott is was was an awesome director at of our of our time at Growing Up. I mean, Gladiator, I still love that movie. I think it's a phenomenal yeah. movie. There are other movies he's done that are awesome, but the article was kind of talking about how he think uh the the author thinks that <laughs> These kind... Watching, watching Rich, Rich's brain die. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's been so, so, so
0: much fun. <laughs> I, I haven't been paying attention. Should I be paying attention?
3: Am no, I explaining no, this no, poorly, Rich? No, Is that what just, I'm doing? No, no, just. You trying to sell Ridley Scott with Gladiator. Just Gladiator really <laughs> broke my brain. <laughs> <I'm> watching <laughs> Rich's brain die over there is just... What's wrong with Gladiator?
1: <laughs> That's not the Nothing movie I would but... use to sell Ridley Scott. Like, yeah, Gladiator's fine, but, you know, I mean, there's some movies about, I don't know, stuff from space that maybe I would bring up. Like what? Alien? Oh my God. This yes! is shit about
0: Alien. I got a fucking Blade go. Who gives a fuck about Blade Runner? <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god!
1: I, it's so hard for me to draw. Like, what part of this is a joke? Like,
0: two of the greatest movies of all time. There are, they are great movies, but like, I was trying to think of something a little more with our time. I mean, both of those movies, as amazing as they are, came before our time. So, Gladiator was <sighs> one that's a little bit closer to our time. Kingdom of Heaven. Is a little closer to our time.
1: Fuck Kingdom of Heaven. Nobody gives a
0: shit about Kingdom of Heaven. I do. That's a great movie. Have you have you seen the the director's cut
3: of it? Because it's they completely have That's another one where
1: Too busy. I was I was busy watching the fourth director's cut of Blade Runner.
3: Yeah, oh exactly. That's 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 another one where the cuts of it are entirely different. It's you know, sort sort of like, you know, the original Blade Runner or now Justice League where it's just a different movie.
0: Yeah. What about huh. what about his all time classic, *Thelma and Louise*? That action packed adventure. That's the one I was actually really mad you didn't bring up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Rich. That is a good but one. But no, I mean, yeah, he he has a he has a whole host. I mean, like you literally go through the list, and he has a ton of really good films that he's been involved in. So I don't want to sit here and make this the Ridley Scott podcast at the end. Mm-hmm. I apologize. We're doing this next week. But like, <laughs> anyway, so. This author was theorizing that those kind of like adult epic films like A Gladiator uh, or Kingdom of Heaven, Braveheart, those kind of, those style of films, they're kind of a dying breed um, at this point that film goers want something more digestible like a superhero film which is guaranteed to bring people to the box office. You know, that's kind of where we're at. Even the shitty ones still somehow make their money back.
1: Yeah. And that, that sort of like, it's unfortunate that burrito film is dying, but also I I think people are less willing to run out because of the pandemic. Even still, even if a Marvel movie is still going to fill out. So it's a bad time to launch something like that. Yeah. And I also do think the marketing just was basically non-existent and that's a contributing factor. Yeah.
3: Yeah, like especially, I I I think the marketing is a bigger issue there because like, I
1: think it's the biggest one for sure.
3: It, it, it's even if the box office is not going to be great, I mean, fuck the box office. Like, you can still sell it, you know, rentals, like you know, streaming rentals and whatnot. It's there's there's still a way to make movies work. During all well, this. and that's the thing, people, thing too. People have also... already figured out.
1: I don't think they yeah they didn't do that either yeah which could also very hurt it like if it had been like we're gonna put this out on HBO or something like maybe you could have yeah done something smarter with it there like if I do not want I didn't want to go out to a theater like I've been very picky and choosy I mm-hmm. want to see Shang-Chi in the theater and I only did it because I did it in a matinee where I knew nobody was gonna be there during the week yeah Um. like if I could stream the, if I could pay $20 and stream this to my house I would have seen it
0: already yeah Um, the one thing I will say that makes sense is at this point, to be honest with you, because Marvel, I think is a known quality and they're a subsect of Disney now that I think those are kind of known quantities at this point that, yeah, you know, that they're not going to be necessarily the most for the average person. They're going to be the most amazing thought provoking top of the line film, but they are going to be consistently. They're just fun. Great.
1: Yeah, they're, they're fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, especially depending on what you're looking for in a movie. So, I mean, big budget, um, consistency, that's kind of what's selling at the box office right now. And it makes, like you guys said, it makes a lot of sense for the pandemic. So, yeah, it's kind of a shame. Like, I I do want to see that movie still, and I'm going to go, going to see that movie. But um, yeah, I I think some type of advertisement would have done wonders for that movie. So, couldn't have hurt no people knowing your movie exists is
1: never a bad thing
3: yeah that's always the first step someone knowing the movie exists
0: hmm exactly but anyways that's gonna do it for our polls if you're ever interested in voting on the polls every tuesday at the sword chomp instagram head over there you can vote on the polls and uh be a part of the conversation help us generate some topics to talk about so anyways we're going to get out of here just one more quick run through of everything if you are interested in more so- sword Chomp content head over to swordchomp.com where we have more podcasts for you to check out we have a merch store for you to get some nice sweet threads and other various items at your leisure christmas season is coming not a better time to shop to get your friends that sword chomp clock they've always been wanting to get <laughs> but, i really i really need to get one of those for this office mm, that would be pretty fucking dope you'd be the first one to ever own a sword chomp clock yeah just i'm saying. gonna buy one just saying <laughs> um, i don't know i'm trying to sell you on your own merchandise but i'm doing it you didn't need to i didn't realize we were doing clocks and now i want one because it's stupid <laughs> Well, that didn't work the way i wanted it to. But no, um <laughs> you can head over to our site and check out other stuff. Uh we do articles, some some most of them are reviews, some of them are other more thought-provoking type of pieces or just ramblings from guys talking about games. And like i mentioned earlier, you can head over there check out the Patreon where uh you help us Keep the lights on and put out more great and amazing content. You also can access our social media like our Instagram and Twitter. If you're not following us there, do so because we post some stuff there from time to time. And uh, last but not least, if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, let us know if we could do any better. Let your friends know. Hey, these guys are kind of funny sometimes and talk about games sometimes. Check them out. Be great. Be great if you did it. But anyways... uh,
1: be real cool if you did
0: be real cool anyways we're gonna get the fuck out of here josh thank you for being here from north carolina rich thank you for being here from new york shay yes thank you for being here from japan you're welcome and uh we will oh, <laughs> we'll check you guys out on the next episode which will be next week thank you so much drink some water make sure you stretch out those uh tight muscles limber up for whatever sex you're going to have this weekend and take care Missionary Limber up for Missionary, bitch